understands you. Yeah. He gets you. He's, he's been, not that smart, but he's he been, gets no, he's, you. Well, he's really smart and really fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, he's been, and he's been inside Angel's body watching all of them yes. for a year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. A long time. Yeah. And watching them let their guards down with this guy that they trust. And yeah, and he will use this to maximum effect in Angel the series. Yes. So hard. That is one of the scarier angels. Like, Angel's scary now, but Angel in, in the series is... Uh, yeah. Or Angelus in Angel the series. Is. Both of them are scary. Yeah, that's true. They're both... Yeah, especially when he becomes not Angel and not Angelus. Yeah. It's, that's scary. That's not daddy. Uh, and so, yeah, he's he's uh, he's in her, her fucking bedroom now. Yeah. He brushes the hair out of her face and settles in to watch her sleep. All... And it would be kind of sweet. Yeah, uh, well, if he's. It, it would be if if he wasn't in selfish banal obsession mode. Yes. Yeah. And there are fluffy objects on her bed. If we recall, Joyce with the fluffy objects mm-hmm. and everything. So and we're Buffy's seeing... Buffy's number of stuffed animals have been decreasing uh-huh. as she's been maturing through this this whole uh, horrific uh, uh, yeah. period in her life. Uh, and now there are very few. And Angelus is sitting on them. He is. Yeah. And squashing the lighting them. on this. Yeah. <laughs> and you know uh, the lighting on them again. Very theatrical, yes. very staged with the, the cold spotlights just yep. highlighting their features. Um, so again, it, it gives us a feeling of anticipation and also a feeling of it being kind of almost unreal. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of psyching ourselves out and wondering if this is just in, in Buffy's head. Right. If this is the angel on her shoulder, so to speak. Yeah. It's, and this um, is a Slayer dream. Yeah, is like, this what's what going is on? This? Yeah. And it's not until after the credits. Yeah. That, that we, we know see. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He continues his narration. It speaks to us, guides us, passion rules us all, and we obey. What other choice do we have? And I think we're all thinking this isn't the first time he's he's done this either. Watching her sleep? No. In no, her bedroom? This seems like a routine. It sure does, doesn't he's it? He's just kind of like finally revving up to the, the soon that he mm-hmm. was talking about. Like we're, we're finally getting to how soon is now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Buffy wakes the next morning, finding an envelope on her pillow. And now we know that was not a dream. Inside is a rather skillfully rendered drawing of her sleeping face. In the library, Giles is playing librarian, stamping books, when uh, Buffy reports how her very evil vampire ex-boyfriend was in her room the night before. Uh, Xander makes a joke about it, but Cordelia looks legitimately freaked out, which would be the much more appropriate reaction to this. Uh, Cordy, who has clearly been embracing her role as a member of the Scoobies, asks about the rules of vampire invitation, but Giles tells her and us that once a vampire has been invited in the first time, said vampire can just come and go as he pleases, whether he has as a soul or not. Nice little extra primer for the listeners. And I thought the it was watchers. really good. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, it's a good way to, to drop in knowledge without the talking head syndrome. Yeah, and, and I like yeah. it that Cordy's been doing some research and she knows about yeah. the inviting thing. Yeah, she's really trying to integrate. She she's is. even wearing Buffy's favorite color. She's adorable. She is, and Xander's wearing a lot of red. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's kind of being a dick. <laughs> yeah, he is being a dick, and he's Buffy's heart, and Buffy's heart is hurting. Very much so. Like, she, it's hurting so much she's not letting herself see the reality of the situation. Which is exactly what, if you want to go metaphor, Xander, that's exactly what Xander's doing, because he's oh, joking yeah. and deflecting and deflecting yep. and joking. And he's just not, and he's attacking the shadow self. Right. Um, Which is, you know, like, that's just kind of their dynamic and their relationship, so she's going, eh. He's, uh, and he's, minimizing, he, he's minimizing the fact that Angelus was watching Buffy sleep last night. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Because that, that's so scary. It's like, have you ever stubbed your toe or cut your hand and you don't look at it? You can't look at it? Because as soon as you know how bad oh, it yeah. is, you know, it's like, I'm just that not, 
like, I'm not going to look because like I'm not one, sure if there's a finger. Like the one time when I put a drill bit through my thumb? Yep. I did that. Yep. Oh, <laughs> the worst I ever had was I put a sewing machine through my thumb, like a sewing needle. Yeah, this was a Phillips head. Oh. It wasn't even like the big... Yeah, I still have an X-shaped oh, scar on my thumb. God, yeah, that's so kind it, of bad. <laughs> it sprayed blood everywhere. Yo, it was awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. It's rad. But yeah, I, I didn't really... I just covered it yeah. up and went to the, the uh, yeah. Instacare. Yeah. I, I had that. I, I cut myself on a, an electric slicer mm-hmm. and I covered it up and I went up to, it was, I was in the back of a, like a little convenience store kind of thing, mm-hmm. like high end convenience store. And I went all the way up to the cashier and said, will you look at my thumb and tell me if it's still there? Cause I don't want to know. I think if I take my hand away, part of it might actually fall off. So yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm just going to, will you just look at this and tell me? So I feel like they're doing that kind of thing. Like where the injury yeah. is, the pain is so bad. The injury is so present. Mm-hmm. Um, that we do, we can't even look. Yeah. And so everybody will we'll eventually see everybody wearing red. <laughs> yeah, as, they sh- <laughs> as they should. As they should, yeah. But yeah. It was, it's starting with Xander the Heart, mm-hmm. and he's being a dick, just like Slayer Heart can be a dick, and Slayer mm-hmm. can be a dick, and Xander can be a dick. Yes, indeed. Yes, and in fact, uh, Xander says that there's a lesson here about how nice girls don't invite vampires into their bedrooms, or whatever. But Xander, it's the whole house, dude. Do try to keep up. Um. <laughs> Giles gets at him in a minute so he that's, does it's that's great satisfying <laughs> Cordy is worried about her car <laughs> because she invited Angel in there when he was escorting her apex predator self home that one time now Sander acts like she's being silly but appearing in the back seats of cars is something that Angel will do when he gets his own show <laughs> yes. so I, I think she's kind of right to be worried about it you know yeah. whether it applies whether vampire invitation applies to cars is probably not it but, doesn't seem to but no but it's a, i mean it's a good concern yeah she's cordy's thinking outside the box i think it's great well, okay i bet if you're homeless and you're living out of your car totally. yeah that would be your house yes yeah, absolutely that's your house uh or i mean it might even be if you're uh, if you had to travel a lot in your car for work you spend enough time in it kind of a thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh as long as we're talking about costuming mm-hmm. buffy velvet top oh, and soft white and pants. squishy yeah so she's soft she's vulnerable and the white pants are, are really reflecting that um innocence yeah thing we've got she wears white pants a lot she does uh, in this episode which seems impractical for a slayer but you know yeah is, yeah <laughs> but good it's for practical for anybody <laughs> yeah, I know. like gentle listeners if you wear white pants on the regular please tell me how you keep them white oh I would good love on you to wear them yeah i really I, want to i it would be great but i if i have them on for five minutes it's over if i have a white shirt on there's coffee like sometimes i'm not even drinking coffee i get coffee on my shirt i don't know what the fuck is happening <laughs> I, I go walk through the house and not brush against anything and i've got marks on my shirt yeah I don't whatever know. so yeah it just yeah if there's a martha stewart in the house yeah. Info at Diageo's Club Podcast. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so uh, Xander jokes again, taking his girlfriend's really rational concern and saying that she'll need to do some kind of vampire carpool now, which I actually kind of laugh at, but still. Uh, <laughs> Xander is perhaps showing us how ill-prepared they are for what actually happens. And, uh, you know, the little Buffy's heart metaphor about how she doesn't see Angelus as the serious business he really is. Um, And I hope it's that because I'm really feeling the urge to tell Xander to shut up. (laughs) Because um, the only thing scarier than Angelus at this point in the show is Drusilla. And uh, other than Glory, I think Angelus and Drew are the reigning champions of scary big bads on Buffy. Yes. As of the whole show. Yeah. I mean, there are... are Big bads, uh, like the Uber Vamp and um, yeah, Adam. The, like yeah. so, yeah, we have bigger bads that are are harder to figure out how to kill. Right, but once you get but, the once yeah, you get the combo, you're once done. you get just enough kill going, mm-hmm. you're able to take care of them. Right, but the Angelus and Drew 
and Glory to a certain degree, but even Glory, once we figure out her weak point, it's it takes, just a matter of getting the guts to execute it. When it. It's, I mean, I would put Glory at the top because they throw everything they have at her and she's still able to kill Buffy. That's true. Of course, I bet Buffy, by the time Ubervant comes around, she, she's like wishing for Glory. Probably. You know? <laughs> well, I think, I think at that point she would learn, she's probably learned to negotiate well enough at that mm-hmm. point. She'd be like, Look, well, at that can point, I she... just can we just sit down? I can figure out how to send you back yeah. because, and we can go shopping. Uh-huh. You know, I think, <laughs> <laughs> or like she says later, she just killed on. Yeah, or kill Ben. Yeah, absolutely kill Ben. Yeah, but um, she, they had the hex where he didn't. Yeah, but, that's true. But yeah. once once they start to put it together, <laughs> Buffy would just kill everybody at yeah, that point. That's true. <laughs> Buffy just she just started machine gunning her entire set of friends at that point. She's like, "Fuck you all! Fuck you all! Kick me out of the house! You're all dead now." <laughs> See, Glory, I killed all of them. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> they brought me back, bitches. You want the key? <laughs> yeah. Get it. Key's dead. Yeah. Dead key. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go get Faith out of prison. Ha, ha, ha. But yeah, I, I do think Angelus and Drew are, are the two hardest ones overall. They're the worst big bads because they are moving targets. Yes who understand what's going on. They actually adapt to what Buffy is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one we see that's really that threatening is Caleb. Yeah. Like that's Caleb's the next one that does this much real damage. Yeah, he is to the scoop. He also had some of Angelus's same uh, hubris. Yes. Not the obsessed with Slayer's part that Angelus has the most, but the overconfidence mm-hmm. and being really smart, but really fucking stupid. And, and fun little <laughs> side note, I believe Nathan Fillion auditioned for Angel. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That would have been a much different show. Very different. Yeah. But yeah. still, I would have watched it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thankfully, uh, Buffy interrupts this ridiculousness, and, and ours, uh, and asks if there's a way to reverse the invitation she gave Angel. Giles goes to have a look at in his books, but suddenly there are actual students in the <laughs> actual student library. What? <laughs> what is this? We have these great, How strange. <laughs> we have these great absolutely hilarious moments like you, you can tell the episode's going to be a crusher because yep. we have so many hilarious just tiny these, these little breaths these little breaths yes. of comic relief just like just... taking a breath and it's not making light of any situations it's allowing us full emotional range mm-hmm. so we can actually feel the episode yeah. So. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's Jonathan, of course. And uh, he hasn't ruined our goodwill towards him yet, so we can bid him a, a cheerful hello. Uh, everyone goes into dick mode here. Uh, Buffy supplies the, the Slayer death glare. Uh, Cordelia, well, she just acts like Cordy, so we'll give her a pass. And Xander wins the prize for just being a total fuckhole. <laughs> uh, this is what happens, by the way, when unpopular folks get friends and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not inclusive of people who do not have friends. They immediately form their own little groups and exclude everybody else. Yes. Um, and we've seen Xander do this a bit, actually, uh, like when he wanted to ask Buffy to the dance and bitched at someone to move out of the seat he wanted. Uh, and so now he's got Cordy, too. And so he's all Mr. Bully Fuckface, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, fuck off, Xander. He's learning how to wield power responsibly. He, it's needs to work on it <laughs> he, he's a bit of a spider-man lesson well you know and, and i'll admit you know yeah triggered whatever i hate fucking clicks or cliques however you want to say it um and to this day whenever i'm in the office and i go out for a smoke break with my smoking friend i tell everyone that they are all welcome to come and stand there and chat with us while we smoke because i am so anti-click <laughs> yes. a, a job many uh, well two jobs ago i was referred to as someone by as a as a click of one <laughs> and I, <laughs> And I loved that. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Because I'm so anti-click that people have noticed. <laughs> yes. You know, I think I have the same thing where I, 
I hate clicks, so I'm always trying to invite people from other groups. Yes. Like I'm out with co- I'm out to coffee with one person and I realize that there's another person in my life they'd probably get along with who they have no chance of meeting in their sphere. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to invite my other friend. Yep. Do you mind? And like, that's how I do that. And then usually yeah. they skip off into the sunset together and I'm like, well, cool. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true. Clicks yeah. can fuck off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Stop being exclusionary. We yes. are all, we're all on this planet. So we are all a click. Yes. <laughs> All right. Except can... none of you can be in mine. I'm a click of one, people. Yes. <laughs> I'll just invite you all out for coffee. Uh, Giles, thankfully, is not a teenager. And he reminds Xander that they're in a library that tax dollars <laughs> actually pay for in a public school and everything. Uh, Xander doubles down and asks, since when? And Xander, shut the fuck up, kitten. Okay. So I will start calling you Kennedy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> fourth wall is just creaking in this it is it's like they just are they are talking about all this secret slayer shit in the library with impunity all the time because it's not used as a library so it's just such a fun little fourth wall it is it's like it's it's a a library version of one of these days you're gonna wake up in a coma yeah absolutely (laughs) and i would think it was funnier if it wasn't jonathan i know but this kind of behavior that's true. By we, Xander is we what drives Jonathan. To, we are slowly squeezing Jonathan for that moment. Absolutely. Like, it starts from the first time we see Jonathan. We are squeezing him out into where he needs to be. Absolutely. And it's just that slow burn. Yep. And um, it's and it's shitty that and it's shitty and also completely in character that Xander would be one of the people who pushes him. Oh yeah, totally. Well it's like have you seen um I'll I'll put a, a link on the website, uh but there is a video that shows like a little teenage love story and then all of a sudden there's a school shooting and if you go back and rewatch it and you watch a kid in the background you can see yeah. a teen shooter being made interesting it's oh yeah it's brilliant hmm. yeah and as a child of the columbine era right i really it, it hits me in the feels because i remember that day oh i bet um yeah I to squirrel away my black trench coat uh, that t- yeah, it's like, oh, I was, I was a goth. Um, <laughs> God damn it. You're making yep. it so I can't wear this thing. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I'll, I'll put a link on there. I'll probably save it for, for the Jonathan episode. Yeah. I'll save that for one. Earshot. But yeah. 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 Earshot. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, Buffy thankfully calms me down a little bit by doing a very funny beer bad head <laughs> tilt at them. This is a beer bad head tilt. Yes. Totally yes. It's like, it's like the, the extra feral slayer, like, <laughs> <laughs> And this is, by the way, not the checking out head tilt that I will bring up in a future episode. Uh, she's just not sure why there are suddenly people wanting to read books, uh, which is actually completely in character since Buffy is not a big reader. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Giles directs Jonathan and his friend toward the books they're looking for uh, on, in section on historical biographies since they're studying Stalin. Uh, coincidentally, I'm uh, reading a book uh, right now called Bloodlands, and it's excellent truly it's fascinating and really sad it's about um it's about the 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 toll in lives uh that uh both stalin and hitler took out on not soldiers but regular people oh wow yeah uh it's amazing um and devastating uh i i would like to think that reading something about stalin might guide jonathan in the right direction since stalin was you know a murderous dictator who among many other things intentionally starved millions of his own people to death but it seems just to give him ideas for later yeah. Well, plus he can't even find the book. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he finds some information later. Uh, foreshadowing, I will say, waxes its mustache and has a shot of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> of vodka? <laughs> vodka. 
Uh, once Jonathan and his friend are in the stacks, everyone leaves so they can discuss Slayer business. Uh, as oh as Jonathan God. discovers when he tries to ask a question to an empty library. Like, Xander <laughs> points. And then... And Giles has no yeah, idea. What, they, what are we doing? Yeah, what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the mind's always the last to know. Oh, outside, Giles recaps what Buffy told him about Angelus's stalking, and Cordy takes Spike's side of the argument, wondering why Angelus doesn't just get over get over with it and kill the Slayer already. <laughs> yes, see, Cordy, he's got this hubris situation. Oh, wait, you'll get a front row seat to that seat to that later. Uh, never mind. Um, so, <laughs> true story. Yeah, Cordy realizes she may have gotten a little carried away with her suggestions for Angelus, which were numerous, and uh, says that she's just trying to help. Giles says. Yes. <laughs> Giles, di- Giles is dynamic with Cordy. It's oh, it's so good. <laughs> do shut up. Uh, <laughs> later on, when at some point, they're like, why don't you go with Cordy and, and do more research? Well, why do I? No, it's the next episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why, why do I have to? I mean, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, he tells Buffy that Angelus, as Angel may have done before with different subjects, is employing one of the oldest tricks in the battle strategy book, throwing the opponent off her game. We discussed a bit last week about how when Buffy disagrees with her heart, mind, and spirit, she's usually right. And here we see that again. Giles and Xander are trying to minimize what Angelus is doing, as Willow will do later. However, Buffy points out that Angel himself told her about Angelus' obsession with Drusilla and how he started with killing her family to drive her insane. Yeah. They all think of Joyce, of course, and uh, Buffy knows she has to figure out something to tell her mom, but she's having trouble with that one. She wonders if she can tell Joyce the truth, but Giles is the one who insists that she can't. And now Giles is kind of pissing me off. I mean, (laughs) now he steps in and tries to parent? Yeah. Now. Uh, And it's, again, metaphor level. Mind is saying, don't tell her. Right. (laughs) So, you know, metaphor level. Also, look in the background. There's a little flyer for self-defense for kids. So someone's (laughs) caught on to the fact that they live in Sunnydale. Isn't that great? I bet it was that gym teacher. I bet. Because she did not have Sunnydale syndrome at all. Yeah. And it's only $4 a lesson. That's a deal. Yeah, it's true. I have to pay like 20. (laughs) And. This is kind of also not Giles' business. No, it's not. And it's rare for him to stick his nose in it. It seems like typically he would have said, I mean, if you if you want to, we can talk to her together. Right. Um, I mean, this is Buffy's mom. Like, legal guardian. Who we should have been advocating for telling her for a while. Immediately. Like, probably since Darla got her with the barbecue fork. Probably. Yes. Yeah, yeah I would think so. <laughs> And uh, Xander continues to try to make little jokes. And, okay, I'm totally with him on this one. Because I think he's trying to point out how everybody already knows Buffy is the Slayer. (laughs) So how about if her mom does too, Giles? Yes. So heart versus mind. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. And Xander's totally right. Mm -hmm. Everybody already knows. Seriously. Oz knows. Oz. Whose only qualification before he started wolfing out was that he's Willow's boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Cordy knows because she kept almost getting killed by shit and Buffy saved her all the time, but Oz knows because he got invited to a party and saw a staking. Perhaps it's a bit too late to be trying to protect the Slayer's identity after half of the teenagers in town already know Giles. Yeah. It's just a matter of time at this point, as we know, because it will be just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before Joyce finds out. Maybe tell her now. Yeah, (laughs) this seems like a good time. Yeah. And yeah, so Giles is just, the only explanation is that it's A, denial land. 
it's we super are all denial in denial. Land. We're not wanting to look at the problem. Absolutely. Because if we tell Joyce, after all of this, if we finally tell Joyce that Buffy's a vampire slayer and about Angel, we have to admit that A, and Angel's never coming back. Yep. Because once we tell Joyce about Angelus, she's not going to be able to look at Angel's the same, and, and Buffy could ever bring him home, right? so to speak. B, we admit to the fact that it's bad enough that we had to tell Joyce. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that's absolutely what it is. Uh, because Giles is, he's even in his weird blinky avoidance mode, which is always a red flag. Mm -hmm. uh, and he says that he'll get the vampire invitation reversal spell or whatever, and that will be that. Because Joyce never leaves the house, apparently. Giles, Joyce is never in that house. No, she's <laughs> like, never home. Where, are you, where have and, you been? And maybe when you get that spell, you should do your place first. First, yes. Hello. <laughs> Copy it down on a piece of fucking paper, Giles. Yeah. So, whatever. <laughs> we do Willows is first. <clears throat> anyway, we'll get there. Cordy's car is first. <laughs> well, that is the priority. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Cordy is on the same page as Xander and uh, cheerily helping him point out from the Greek chorus that Giles is being ridiculous, volunteers to let Buffy and Joyce ride around in her car. <laughs> <laughs> she is playing the spike. Oh, I love her. She's totally being Absolutely. the spike in this one. Absolutely. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Giles has gun full watcher and tells Buffy she needs to keep a level head. Oh, the little bells of irony are just tintinabulating all over this scene, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, tintinabulating. <laughs> Poe. <laughs> I mean, it can't be too hard to keep a level head, right? No need to go lighting baseball bats on fire. That yeah. would just be unnecessary. Oh, yeah, that would just be uh -huh. more like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buffy <laughs> says that this is all very easy for him to say because. Okay, ouch. Since Giles doesn't have Angelus lurking in his bedroom all night. Yeah, like, seriously, foreshadowing is doing the oh, numb far in the background. For, yeah, foreshadowing is all, <laughs> well, I'll just go get a sandwich or something because Buffy has his handled. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. further dooming himself, Giles says he knows how Buffy feels until she gives him the girl please look. And <laughs> well, he goes... No, fine, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I love that. He goes back into watcher mode saying that as the slayer, you don't have the luxury of being a slave to your passions. Of course, Ow. as we all know, Giles will very soon uh, find out that controlling one's passions isn't as easy as all that. Well, and I think he does know, and maybe that's why he's being such Overcompensating, a dick. yes, yes. absolutely. Uh, he tells Buffy that no matter how much Angelus provokes her, she can't lose her shit. Oh, Giles. Oh, Giles. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Buffy thinks this plan is ridiculous. <laughs> and she's really, really <laughs> right. Ignoring Angelus is just going to make him up his game. Uh, Giles, though, thinks it's going to work. Just fine. Yeah, yeah. be fine. Oh, the denial. <laughs> wow. Xander accuses Giles of favoritism, since he didn't call Buffy out on uh, <laughs> distilling things down to their most basic premise. Well, Xander, Giles obviously lets Buffy get away with a lot of things that he shouldn't, and I think it's a huge problem. Does that help? Yeah. Watcher's pet. <laughs> it's true. He's <laughs> like truth man all of a sudden. And, and we need that little punchline after all of this. Yes, we do. <laughs> We're going to need a lot of little punchlines. Yeah, whole and thing. we get them. And that's part of the reason this is one of my favorite episodes. It is it is Shakespearean quality where we have serious, serious, serious punchline. Yep. So you, you can know. And you have to have the punchline so you can appreciate the serious. Yes. You launch right from serious to serious, you lose a lot of the serious. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. In computer class... Jenny Calendar is giving her students some instructions on their homework. I'm sorry, Jenny. And her her costuming in this one in this scene is only significant because of her costuming in the next scene. She's drab. She's in black. Yeah. Black and black and brown. 
And that's yep. pretty unusual for Jenny. Like well, she likes she's black, got, but she usually yeah. sticks out a little more with the jewelry and like yeah, stuff that's rocking it. Yeah, she's got a little it. more. It's just like she she looks like she's in mourning. She looks like she's yeah. trying to fade into the background a little bit. Like yeah. she understands her place mm-hmm. essentially in this needing to be to have some penance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in her actions, and uh, you know, I know we disagree a little bit on how much penance is required. Um, yeah. But you know, like it's it's her emotional state is that she's she's in penance. Well, she's atoning for her entire clan. She is. So it makes sense that she's yeah. wearing a little Which, bit more. And my argument is, I mean, it's completely unfair, but that's how it is. Yeah. You know? well, I mean, this, for her wearing black and brown like this, it's the equivalent of the overalls of moping. Yeah, absolutely. And she, and she feels terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she feels more terrible than she should, but <laughs> she feels terrible. And, and God love her. Yeah. She, she feels terrible. Well, and she might have a more level head about how terrible to feel if she wasn't in love with Giles. Absolutely. She'd probably be like, look, this is not my problem. I could not have stopped you from sleeping with your boyfriend. What do you expect you to do? You're a slayer. You would just give me the slayer hello and go and sleep with your boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But it's it's her depth of feeling for Giles is making her feel guilty. Absolutely. And her feeling for Buffy. She loves Buffy. Mm -hmm. She's loved Buffy for a long time. I don't think she necessarily realized that until after she lost them. Yeah. Well, Well, I think she knew she loved Giles when she broke up with him. Okay. Because that's why she broke up with him. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, and it becomes, in her interactions with Buffy, it's clear she loves her too, like a daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say though, uh, she tells her students that uh, she will need them to turn in both a printout and a copy on disc. Foreshadowing is back from lunch and proves. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Also, we'll see later that Jenny is not a hypocrite. She does this as well. And it's a good thing she does too. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Jenny asks Willow if she'll keep the class occupied for a few minutes the next morning because she might be a little late. Willow is flattered and then immediately panics. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny reassures her that she'll do a great job. Willow basks in her new power over her fellow students. Also, it's worth noting the butterfly on Willow's sweater. And indeed, uh, this episode will set in motion Willow's transformation from humble, nerdy hacker student to badass and occasionally terrifying witch. And I love that the costume department is showing us that it starts here. Yes, that is really good because that sweater is whoa. Yeah, and, but it's like, sweater. hi, yeah. butterfly. And, and her, her fluffy little smile time mm-hmm. backpack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> smile time, oh my God. <laughs> I love smile See, time. I can bring the levity too. I love uh, smile time. And also, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, something I was talking about with somebody just last night actually was why um, why do we have... Miss Calendar asked her to watch the class and then she never does it. Isn't that just wasted dialogue and wasted time? No, it's telling us that Miss Calendar trusts her class to Willow. Yes. And it's allowing us to see that she's ready, even though she doesn't think she's ready. Like, we even know she yeah. doesn't feel, feel like she's ready. And her clothes are saying she's ready. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, I'm not. Yeah. But then, her clothes are saying, and Jenny is saying, you're ready. Yeah. It's So it's a... It's a a small character arc. Yeah, it's, it's a, a larger one. We're and it's passing of the torch. One. It's yeah. a passing of a, a lot of the magical torch as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. yeah, we need a new techno pagan in the house. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Buffy and Giles pop into the class. Jenny greets Giles, who does his not looking at her thing. Uh, while Buffy calls Willow away, uh, Willow apologizes for talking to Jenny and whatever. Yeah. No, <laughs> but this this is that visual storytelling. Uh-huh. So if you look if you just pause this scene and if we'll, we'll get a screen grab, you can get a screen grab. Which remind me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll get a screen grab of this. Uh, and again, website. So there is a white divide between Buffy and Giles. Giles mm-hmm. is looking away. Buffy's looking at Miss Calendar. Buffy's inside the classroom and mm-hmm. Giles is outside. Buffy is making the first step. She's in Jenny's face. She's yes. allowing 
that to happen. She's Buffy's making the first step towards healing this right. rift, and Giles is still lagging behind. He still isn't sure. So we have this gorgeous white line between right. them to show their division. Yeah, and Buffy is sort of giving her permission. Yeah, and she doesn't say anything to Willow. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't give Willow a dirty look. Like, right. They, she's just Willow's in just, there. Willow's just being the Willow. fluffy little spirit that she is. Yeah, and it's <laughs> there's actually if there wasn't the tension between her and Jenny Calendar, for her to just come into the classroom and ask for Willow to come with her wouldn't have been unusual. Right. So we're actually seeing Buffy trying to return to normality. She's ready right. to get over it. And we'll see that in more detail later. But absolutely, yeah. this is her first, yeah, her first this, step. And this visual storytelling, like I'm going to get more and more into this because yeah. they become more aware as the story goes on. Yeah, uh, They start to use this more. And, and if you need to know more about this, then go to every frame of painting uh, mm. on YouTube. Yes. Really good lectures. <laughs> Uh, once Buffy and Willow are gone, Giles actually goes in and talks to Jenny. Nice job being an adult with agency of your own, Giles. Uh, Jenny <laughs> asks him <laughs> how he's been, and he fills her in on Angelus's whimsical adventures. Uh, he tells her that he's looking for a de-invitation spell, and Jenny has just the book on her desk. It is to be noted that she knows Giles's uh, book collection well enough to say that he doesn't seem to have that one. Also, she's she's breaking my heart the way she's looking at him. In a big way. Uh, she start, She asks how Buffy is, and they finally start having the conversation they should have had weeks ago. <laughs> yes, because Buffy is code right. for how are we. Yes, exactly. And uh, he wonders how she thinks Buffy is doing, with Angelus running around doing evil things while wearing her boyfriend's face. And Jenny says she knows that Giles feels betrayed because Jenny knows what this conversation is about. Yep. <laughs> he, finally, uh, he finally says uh, that that's because he was betrayed. Finally, you guys. God, I love the frankness of this conversation. How he's finally willing to just—he's not—he's not not trying to save her feelings. He's just like, well, that is one of the unfortunate side effects of betrayal. Yeah, and and this and and this is exactly what I wanted. Really, just get it all in the open. You don't have to kiss and make up or anything like that. Just get it out. Stop with the assuming and the looks and the stuff. Just talk about it, gentle listeners. Talk about it. Yeah, (laughs) and if you're a writer, in the hands of Whedon. This kind of mechanic works well because you've got Buffy in there, and she's yeah. doing the and she's doing the she's manipulating doing the, the dad yeah. kind of a she's thing. She's doing and stuff. the heavy lifting, right. of this kind of scene. But when you have two characters who have tension merely because they refuse to talk to each other, it gets old so fast. Yeah. <laughs> so this is done really well in Buffy, and it's done really well in a couple other you know episodes. But if you're a writer, just don't. Right. Find a better conflict. If, if this had just been Giles and Jenny with no. Buffy throwing teenage fits in the middle of it, it would have been ridiculous if they didn't yeah, talk to each it other. It would have been like, you know, because we, we've thrown some shade their way about yeah. it already. <laughs> right, because um, it was frustrating enough even with Buffy there. Yeah. But it wasn't implausible. If you've got two adults who are not talking to each other for no reason. Yeah. Like, if there's a that. really good reason, if, if, even if it's just a really massive misunderstanding, or which Buffy. It needs to be an actual <laughs> massive misunderstanding. Right. Um, or like, you know, like major consequences will be on the line. Not just, oh, well, maybe she'll think, blah, it's, you know, you can, you need to find another conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or you need to find a better way to tell your story. <laughs> yes. And finally, uh, being given a, a, a chance to explain herself, uh, Jenny says that she was raised by Angelus's very justified enemies. The first thing they taught her was her duty to them and her duty to the destruction of the monster who wronged them. Her purpose was never to hurt anyone, which really speaks well of her character, because being indoctrinated with that much vengeance and hatred should have turned her into a killing machine, but it didn't. Yeah. Should have turned her into a vengeance demon, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. But it didn't, because mm-hmm. she's a really nice person. Uh, she says she lied to him because she thought it was the right thing to do. After all, she was doing her job at that point. 
uh, she tells him she didn't know what would happen and she didn't know she was going to fall in love with him. Seeing the look on his face, she says she wants to take that part back. He asks if she really wants to. She says that she just wants to be right with him, but that she doesn't expect anything else. Uh, she just wants to make him, uh, she just wants to make it up to him. Uh, she's not kidding either, because that errand she's already planning on that she thought might make her late to her class is what's going to get her killed. Giles says that he's not the one she needs to make things up to, and I would probably disagree, actually. Uh, Giles is the, the one that Jenny lied to, and Giles is the one she had a relationship with. Well, he's bearding his issues with Absolutely. Buffy. Absolutely. Because Buffy was already, she entered the classroom. Well, and Buffy's going to take, well, and Buffy, yeah. I mean, Giles covers for Buffy a lot, but Buffy herself, I mean, I think she would enjoy uh, getting a little bit of the taste of adult responsibility and stuff like mm-hmm. that. She's asked for it how many times from Joyce yeah. and from Giles. Um, Buffy's going to take care of her issues with Jenny herself. Mm-hmm. We'll see that later. Yeah, it takes her a minute, but she makes the first step in this bit. Exactly. And then the next one in the next scene. Buffy is ready for more responsibility and more adult responsibility. She just needs somebody to guide her in the right direction. And both the adults in her life, both Giles and Joyce, not so good at that. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, they're bearding their own issues with Buffy, which is, that's, that's the reason parental figures have to leave the scene at a certain point. Yes. Perhaps not at the point that they do, but yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of this season, we have her parental figure leave the scene for a minute so she can take on more, more adult it's responsibility. True. So we have to fulfill this need she has here, this unfulfilled needs where actually having adults around her helping her are holding her back. That's mm-hmm. why we have to take everything away from her, even just for an episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so she can learn these lessons on her own because absolutely. they're not helping her. And she does a better job on her own. Than she does with she these two yahoos, you know? Yeah. yeah. She's great. She <laughs> She's fine. awesome. Yeah. I love Anne. <laughs> She's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so nothing that Jenny did really influence what happened to Angel. And uh, she didn't even know the true nature of the curse until it had already happened. But Giles is all about making sure Buffy's okay and masking his own feelings. And so here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, he thanks her for the book and leaves. In the summer's home, uh, Joyce and Buffy are having dinner. Joyce asks Buffy what's wrong, and if Joyce has noticed, uh, Buffy is seriously out of sorts. Buffy, as is her way, uh, with the added motivation of Giles telling her she can't tell her mom about being the Slayer, says it's nothing. Uh, Joyce insists that uh, she's read all the parenting books, so nothing Buffy says can surprise her. Do you want to bet? Yeah, uh, about that. And that is actually uh, what the very skeptical look Buffy is giving her mom right now is saying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Buffy, though, has a plan. She does the Slayer redacted version of the story. Uh, She asks Joyce if she remembers the extremely handsome older dude Buffy uh, had in the house in episode seven of the last season. Uh, Joyce does indeed. Uh, <laughs> that would be the time when Buffy had all these vampire history tutors and Joyce had a run-in with a barbecue fork she doesn't own. <laughs> Pretty memorable, really. <laughs> uh, Buffy chokes on this next part, but manages to say that she was sort of dating Angel and now they're off again. Um, Joyce sums up the mundane side of the story nicely. He's changed, and he's not the same guy she fell for. <laughs> nice, Joyce. Well done. Yeah, yes, very well <laughs> yeah. done. Uh-huh. Maybe that's kind of like your marriage. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Projection. Uh, <laughs> or is that transference? Oh, I never know. Uh, Buffy agrees that uh, that would be the scenario. Uh, she says that the, the, the changing part has actually turned into stalking issues. Joyce asks if uh, he's done anything to her, but Buffy reassures her that it isn't that. I mean, it is, but Buffy can't exactly tell her mom about Angelus's artistic aspirations, you know? 
uh, Buffy says that he's been hanging around and sending her notes like soon. <laughs> uh, she says that she doesn't really want to see him, but she'll talk to him if, if he happens to show up. And then uh, she gets to the important part. Don't invite him in. Yes. And I think she handles this pretty well. She was smooth. She was. I mean, well and, done, yeah, Buffy. Because she's not lying. She's oh, exactly. the truth. She's just mundaning it a little bit. Yes, but <laughs> we also get a hint that Buffy's still in denial, too, because she says, we're in a serious off-again phase. Yeah, off-again. As in on-again, off-again, on-again, yeah, off-again. So, like, there's still, there's always that hope that somehow Angel's still in there. Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't really go away, which I have to leave, like... The idea that Angel might come back makes her weak in the defense of everybody in her life. Absolutely. Which part of her knows. And at the end of this episode, she will say that she's ready. Uh-huh. Of course, she isn't quite because she's a human person and she's written that yeah, way. she is. Like, she, um, she wants to be ready. Well, the, the horrible part is the second she's ready is the second he comes back. Well, yeah, but and it, part of that is because of a certain action of a certain part of her. Yes, that knows this weakness of hers. Yes, um, and it, she's ready in the presence of her mind at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the Scoobies aren't there. Her other right. pieces aren't there, so they're not on board yet. Right, she's ready on paper. It's yeah. pretty much what it she is. is. She's yeah. ready on paper. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's going to take a little bit more than that. She's going to have to process a few more things yes. before then. And understandably so. Yeah. And we have some great episodes to reflect that. Oh, mercy. Up. Yes, oh, we do. God. At Willow's house, uh, she's on the phone with Buffy telling her she agrees with Giles. No surprise there. She says that Angelus is just trying to rattle her. No biggie. Just ignore him. Uh, she says that both alive and dead men can be total jerks at times and true. But um, you guys, have y'all noticed that Angelus is a really, really scary, scary and evil vampire? Um, well, they'll find out, I guess. Uh, speaking of, of that... Remember in Lie to Me when Willow invited Angel into her room so they could investigate Ford? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was honing his brooding skills. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and now I'm totally distracted by Willow's aquarium. I know we don't get into this kind of thing because rules, but her fish would have been dead soon anyway, is all I'm going to say about that. Uh, <laughs> I have this problem in West Wing with Gail the goldfish in the goldfish bowl oh on the my desk the God. whole time. Like, it just, I, I managed the fish department of Petco for a year. Oh my God. It's so and, sad. Uh, it's bio load and I know, stuff. Yeah. And, and I mean, he, you know that they're taking that fish out and they're taking care of it. And you know, we never actually see cool. Willow's fish, but. Because goldfish need like 30 gallons. They do. So no and goldfish filter. in bowls. No, and no betas in bowls either, people. Betas yeah. need at least five gallons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you can do two and a half or so, but mostly yeah. five. So, and they're tropical fish, so put a heater and a filter in there. So as the fish expert, what can you put in a bowl? If you want shrimp. to have a fish in a bowl. Shrimp. Which is adorable. I love shrimp. I have that a ton. is something I would I have, I have a ton of little teeny tiny freshwater shrimp, and they're the cutest goddamn things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah, but it has to be a pretty big bowl because they have bio load too. Yeah, so like, so like a gallon bowl. Yeah, and, and just a few shrimp. I mean, you could look up how many shrimp per mm-hmm. whatever size. Make sure there's a lot of plants in there. People do jarariums with some snails and shrimp and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you need guidance on this, info yeah. at diagenesecloudpodcast.com. But you're probably going to need a filter. But you can get a sponge yeah. filter. Sponge filters are cool. They just hook up to an airline and it, it creates a little a little beneficial bacteria filter kind of thing in there. And you just it's a little sponge. Yeah. It's very, very cute. And yeah, little shrimpies. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Red cherry shrimp. Perfect. Yeah. So I guess we did get into that because rules, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's just, this is this is outside. <laughs> this is kind of it's more of a PSA. Yes, a PSA really. because we because we love animals. 
We do. I, I love my little fishies and my little aquariums and stuff, which are actually pretty big aquariums. Uh, but <laughs> the, They're monsters. <laughs> Those are big. Oh, they're tiny little fish. They're tiny, I know, tiny, I know they're, they're, they're little fish, but your aquariums are big. Oh, well, they're pretty big. Well, they're big for the yeah. size of the fish. I mean, it's only 55 gallons or 45 gallons, but I've got the teeniest, tiniest little fish in there. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a beta and a 45-gallon aquarium with a couple other that fish. That is a happy day. Yeah. <laughs> she's even a girl. So she's like, I mean, just swimming, swimming, very happy. So, um, but yeah, a PSA, because we don't want animals to suffer ever. And and the way they're portrayed on TV, that's what people think yeah. they can do. Um, and I mean, people... I, I had some, I had people coming in because I was working at Petco during Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. which tells you how old I am. Uh, I've already told you how old I am. Anyway. <laughs> You're so old. But yeah, people would come in and they'd want to put a clownfish in a bowl. Mm-hmm. And, and in a like, freshwater bowl. Yeah, and, and I'd explain that it's salt water. And so, okay, well, I'll make it salt water. And it's, no, you need, like, salt water, you need a minimum of 30 gallons. Yes. An absolute minimum. And even then, you're not going to have anything survive. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, I think. Yeah, so the PSA. Order. Yeah. And honestly, do uh, email me info uh, at podcast.com if you have questions about aquariums, mm-hmm. um, how to set one up, anything like that. Yeah. Cycling. And we have your, your, that company that you recommend. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, uh, aquatic arts. If you want to, if you already have an aquarium set up and you want to order in some plants and fish and stuff, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's a wonderful hobby. I love it. It has gotten me through some rough fucking times. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It's a it's a really low maintenance pet. Really, once you get yeah. it set up, it takes a minute to get the aquarium set. Yeah, up. Yeah, once it's you have really a nice cycled aquarium, it's it's and especially if it's a bigger one. And that's the only reason you want a big aquarium because it's easier to keep the levels stable, like yeah. the pH and everything. And you, nice you and get stable. a better like bacteria. Yeah, ex- exactly. And uh, yeah. it because I mean, you still have to maintain it about once a week after your water changes and all that kind of stuff and clean out the filters and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, yeah. if you're interested, shoot me an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, just stalling all over We the place. sure are, but that's important stuff. Uh, <laughs> Buffy tells Willow that she's hoping Giles can come up with a de-invitation spell sooner rather than later. We see Buffy, and she's got quite a bit of garlic hanging in her room, which is a nice touch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she's wearing blue jammies. Yeah, she wants a whoopee. Her, yeah, it's her whoopee blue she's jammies. She's sad and she's vulnerable. Yeah, she is. And Willow is reflecting that. So Willow's finally almost on board. She's wearing she's, white jammies with the blue. She is so close to being on board, We're man. About there. And, and Willow's room, like soft stuff on the bed. She even has like a chair pillow on mm-hmm. the bed. Like her whole room feels very young her bedspread is very colorful yeah. um you know we've seen willow's room before she has the sheep thing on her back wall two sheep like cordelia she's got and... two de- sheep decals oh yeah she does mm-hmm. so it's just like cordelia and xander have those yep. in their in their space as well perhaps they um, not have not been awakened yet yes. oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um yeah so like we're seeing how youthful her room is we're really framing mm-hmm. it in this idea that she is fluffy and young and innocent for another 20 seconds or so yeah Willow goes to feed her fish, and she's rather distracted by her conversation while she's doing this. So we, the audience, are the only ones who notice that there aren't any fish in the tank. And shows don't really show people properly cycling an aquarium, so that's not it. And (laughs) (laughs) it's lovely work in this scene, building the creeping menace like this this while playing completely fair with the viewers. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also... A lovely metaphor for what we've been calling out since the first sequence. Buffy's friends can't see what's right in front of them. Yes. Uh, Willow reassures Buffy that Giles will come through and starts to tell her that she just needs to keep thinking happy thoughts, but then she sees an envelope on her bed. Framed by the empty aquarium and with Buffy becoming more and more concerned on the phone, Willow reaches into the envelope and pulls out her fish strung together on a line. Safely in bed with Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and what is Joyce thinking at this Oh my point? God, it's so funny. And way more garlic than we originally saw, plus a few crosses and a steak. Willow thanks her for a spontaneous sleepover, especially since it's a school night. Also, now that we're back in Buffy's room, I noticed this in the first scene. There is a sun and moon lamp. On the far side of Buffy's And we know bed. that whole sun and moon thing. Yes. With Cthulhu playing piano. Yes. And it'll so become prominent. even more relevant in the next scene. It's going to start but beating us over the head. It is. Actually. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's kudos for noticing that shit because yeah. I well, did not. I'm doing the Greek mythology research. <laughs> yeah. So I am noticing these things. Yeah. Just a little drop in for that. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you can check out my blog again we're just plugging the the website all over the place but yeah go to diogenesclubpodcast.com go to the top there's michelle's blog i have uh, i'm chronicling a whole bunch of greek mythology that we're finding we're going to do a very special episode to get over the big pieces before we put them up um but yeah stay tuned for that and the blog is a good place for you to compose your thoughts because it's really fucking confusing it is really confusing <laughs> and it's easy to go piece by piece i'm gonna go way back and start at the beginning and go over some of the smaller little arcs that we have um before we hit our big one yeah so yeah but yeah, it's it's pretty fun stuff my brain hurts there's so much stuff lot. there's too much stuff it's too much stuff <laughs> as greek mythology does yeah, absolutely because wow <laughs> <laughs> well that's why the romans came in and were like consolidate yep yeah uh buffy says she's sorry about willow's fish but willow says they hadn't had time to bond so much <laughs> i know she is thankful that her parents denied her a puppy and yeah no shit willow yeah, especially uh, after all the talk of puppies earlier yeah later Willow um, will not have very good luck with pets <clears throat> at all. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, now that one of her friends has finally stopped telling her to ignore it and it will go away, Buffy is able to open up to Willow. She says that she still has the impulse to go to Angel when scary stuff happens, but now Angel is the scary thing that's happening to her. She's still shocked at how different he is now. Willow points out that Buffy is still all Angelus thinks about, reminding us of selfish banal obsession again. Yes. Buffy looks anything but reassured. <laughs> In the factory of evil, yay! <laughs> Drew tells Spike she brought him some him something. Oh, a puppy! Oh, that that was orphaned when Drusilla ate its owner. Well, that's very thoughtful, Drew. Don't kill us. Uh, vamps are in their typical clothes. They sure are. So everything's Drew's red. Oh yeah, like they kind of wear the same thing for a long period yeah, of time. Yeah, Drew's a real red. She yeah. loves red. Except she's... for Angelus has kind of a velvet shirt on, sure so does. maybe he's not quite as badass as he thinks he is. <laughs> yeah, well, he's really smart, really fucking yeah, stupid. We're, we're getting that that chimera I talked about, like uh, where we have one being on top of another, so we have the velvet shirt over the leather pants. Yeah, he's um. um He's completely unaware of his hubris, as people oh, with hubris yeah. are he, unaware he of them. He does not know how deeply he's feeling. No. But part of the reason I'm still kind of with Angel being the one doing the narration. Yeah. Angelus doesn't seem quite so self-aware. Oh, he's <laughs> yeah. really not. Yeah. Uh, she gets all rough sexy with an un unimpressed spike and uh, <laughs> says that she named the puppy Sunshine. She offers to stuff the puppy down Spike's throat, which... <laughs> open up <laughs> oh my god i love dogs but that makes me chuckle when she's all open wide uh, <laughs> spike doesn't want to eat the puppy though uh their situation has completely flipped hasn't it spike yeah. was trying to convince drew to eat the things he brought her including sheila not too long ago uh she tries to play the airplane game with the puppy to feed him <laughs> but spike is completely offended that she's trying to feed him like a child although in creepy incestuous vampire terms, she is his sire, even though Spike tried to be the daddy. 
So True. things are actually kind of restored back to where they should be. Oh with yeah, this. and and Angelus being alpha. Oh yeah, is also restored to how it should be. It's really. I wish Darla was there. She's so awesome. I know. I want. I want to see all yes, four of them. Yes, but then Buffy action. would die in the hell. Buffy would be so open. dead. The <laughs> whole town would be dead if Darla was there. Because holy shit, yeah. <laughs> Darla is such serious business. I can't she even. Is. Yeah, that's why she can't be in Sunnydale anymore. Yeah, no shit. She's like a nuclear warhead of vampires. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Angelus comes in and says that Drew already bathed Spike, carries him around, and changes him, so what's one more indignity? Drew asks where Angelus has been, since it's almost morning. Uh, she says they were worried. Spike says he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Drew says Spike is grumpy because he doesn't get out much. Angelus offers to bring Spike along so he can use handicap parking. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Oh, Spike points out that Angelus is being a very rude guest, and he is. Um, Angelus says that since he's a guest, he'd be more than happy to take some of Spike's responsibilities around the place. He also implies that one of the things he's already doing is Drusilla. Uh, he implies this while already practically sitting in Spike's lap, by the way, and yeah. that's just about enough for Spike. <laughs> he's, he's given, I mean, he's given Spike some... He's, he would like to take yeah. on extra duties. Yeah, yep. Besides, because he wants extra duties, he's already doing Drew. What it could what it could be left? Yeah. How's your ship, Snart? Uh, it's it's sailing. Sailing, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would agree with you, especially after the sex eye. <laughs> I know the sex eye. The last the episode last was episode? pretty. Boring. I am still taking cold showers from that it's one. Faith level, man. Yeah, it's hard to get up to faith level sex eye. Hello. <laughs> I know. Jesus. <laughs> More chemistry than he had with Buffy. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, I, well, more I will say more sexual chemistry than he had with yes, Buffy. Yes, more sexual chemistry. They have amazing romantic chemistry, mm -hmm. but not so much sexual chemistry. The, yeah. the sexual chemistry is <laughs> totally Angelus Seriously. Spike. Well, it's almost like Angelus is just doing Drusilla to kind of get under Spike's skin. He will you know? do that. Yeah. That will be something we he see. Will. Yeah, because <laughs> Angel has chemistry with Drusilla. Yes. But Angelus has chemistry with Spike. <laughs> yes, he does. And Drusilla's misreading this whole situation. She just loves it. Yeah, she I, does. I don't think actually I don't think she's misreading a thing. Okay. <laughs> I think that she likes being in the middle no matter what the reason is. And Well that's a mental image. I think if she walked yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they even alluded to that in the show. They never that's got true, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think if Drusilla walked in on both of them together, she'd be like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and she'd just pull up like to pull up like a, a, a big bag of leeches and just eat well, and like you enjoy. Know, so the King of Cups, we'll talk about this later, but King of Cups is the King of Love. Love is Cups. Uh, the King of Cups expects a picnic. Oh, yes. Hmm. Yep. I'll go yeah. into that. I in suppose that we will, later. won't we? But yeah, that is totally, <laughs> totally be making it explicit. As much as it's made explicit between Ripper and... And, and Ethan. Ethan. Yes. And almost to Faith and Buffy levels of explicit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, King of Cups. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yay. Uh, he pushes uh, Angelus away, Spike does, and Drew comes over and gives him the puppy. Spike holds the puppy. Oh, uh, pets it. And he does. One scratch. of the many indicators that Spike doesn't come to evil naturally. Drew is delighted that the boys are fighting over her when she has a vision. Uh, she says that the heir worries because an old enemy is trying to get help to destroy their happy home. It's Jenny, of course. She's at one of the magic shops in Sunnydale. 
Uh, owning one of these will prove to be one of the most hazardous professions in town. Yes, this is yeah. difficult until you have a slayer on duty. Yeah, exactly. And you need one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slayer yeah, for hire. I love the mislead with the beginning of the magic shop where yeah, it's like great. the pig in the jar, which Joss likes pigs in jars. Yeah, he does. Oh my God, it's grotesque. Oh, and there's something yeah, in a There's jar. like a skull and a yeah. jar thing and then other stuff and then the price tags. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love that. Uh, as soon as she comes in, the dude offers her a love potion or revenge against someone cheating on her. Yeah. Dude, have you seen her? Never mind. Nope. Yep. Je- Jenny and says foreshadowing's doing the numb far in the back again. Yeah, yeah. yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny says she needs an orb of Thessala. Uh, realizing she knows what she's talking about, he drops the accent. <laughs> yeah, he says that around Valentine's Day, he gets a lot of tourists nosing around for love potions and revenge on past lovers. Yeah, no shit, dude. We saw a combo of both of those last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and check the door behind Jenny, sun and moon, huh. on the door. Perhaps telling us that she and her love are doomed. Yes, and yeah. perhaps telling us a little bit about the nature of the soul she's trying to restore. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That'll never work even if she gets it back. Uh, he asks uh, how she heard about her his little shop, and uh, she tells him about her Uncle Enos. Jenny, don't play with that skull. Hamlet did that, and you know what happened to him. <laughs> Damn it. It's all over now. <laughs> Apparently, Uncle Enos also told everyone uh, about his niece, uh, because the magic shop guy immediately knows that her name is Yana, and gives his condolences about her uncle. Uh, he gives her the orb, and it comes in a cute little box with a pillow. It's very snuggly. It's really cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, he tells her, and mostly us, that it's a spirit vault for the rituals of the undead. He says it's rare to have someone come in and actually want one, but he did sell a couple as New Age paperweights. Uh, it seems like a throwaway line, doesn't it? Yeah, but it'll be sure really does. funny in a couple of episodes. Yeah, and look above <laughs> Jenny's head, sun and moon hanging from the ceiling. Interesting. Yep. Hmm. So this dude is super chatty. He tells Jenny <laughs> that his new age customers and their purchasing of pretty mystical paperweights and the like helped his fund his youngest kid's college. The orb comes with a disclaimer. Uh, he mentions that the transliteration annals for the ritual of the undead have been lost. And without them, the orb really is just a paperweight because you can't translate much of anything orb related without it. So she'd better not think the thing is a dud and try to return it. <laughs> I love that that was the whole point of that. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny says she knows. In fact, she's been coding some software that will translate the Romanian te- text to English based on random sample. And that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Dude isn't fond of computers, though. They gave him the willies. Poor guy. His day isn't going to get better at all, and not because of computers. She thanks him, and he asks as she's leaving what she's going to do with the orb. She says she's going to give a friend of hers a gift. She picks up the orb, and it glows happily at her, and she says, his soul. And notice that the orb of Thessala is kind of like a a celestial object. It is a bit. Round and glowy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Coming soon to a blog near you. (laughs) <laughs> at school xander asks buffy what what uh and willow what they did last night willow fills him in on the pajama party sleepover <laughs> with weapons uh, naturally he has the porn ideas about what happens at sleepovers and xander much to my long ago adolescent disappointment nothing like that happens at sleepovers no, it's it's just not even close yeah, yeah. but and uh buffy is wearing the black over white. So she is wearing seeing... the one girl in all the world black, and that will mm-hmm. take. That's a slow burn. That's it's not going to really pop up until burn. the end of the day. Yeah, and uh, both of her parts are now wearing red. Yeah, so look out. Yeah, she's getting more and more hurt. 
Yes. As the and day goes along. They're starting to get the hint. Because, well, yeah, well, her spirit is definitely on board. Yeah. <laughs> Willow gets all ready to exert her new power on Jenny's class, but she won't be able to as Jenny's errand didn't take as long as she thought, and she's on time to work. Willow is disappointed that she won't be able to lose, use her five hours of lesson planning Aww. in a nice nod to Jenny later in the episode. After it's all done, Willow will end up using Jenny's lesson plans. Yes. Oh, and Jenny is wearing this great green number. We saw her a minute ago. Mm -hmm. It's like green of renewal. Yes. And spring. Flowers. Flowers. Love. It's a great little renewal. And a sad one. It is. It's really... Well, I guess it is renewal if you move on to the next whatever. It is. Well, and okay, I'll just be explicit on this one because she's about to go away. Mm -hmm. Um, She is Aphrodite. Jenny Calendar is Aphrodite. Which is very fitting for her. Yes. And Aphrodite had Ares as a lover. Yes. Yes. Yes, she did. This will come up in a minute. (laughs) Uh, Buffy intercepts Jenny, who looks surprised and really extremely delighted to see her. Yeah. Uh, Buffy tells her that she knows that Jenny feels bad about what happened and that Buffy is personally delighted about that. Again, I am just happy Buffy is using words, so I'm absolutely grading her on a curve. Yes. See, I'm a nice person sometimes. (laughs) Well, and we are are making explicit how... Buffy feels without yes. the coding. Yes. I feel this way, but yes. I also feel this way. Yes, absolutely. And Jenny yeah. is completely receptive to this. Yeah. And and she's saying, Giles can't use me as a beard anymore. Right. This is my real issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she tells Jenny that she should continue feeling terrible, and Jenny very honestly assures her that she will. Uh, Buffy stops her, though. She tells Jenny that Giles misses her. He doesn't talk about it, but she knows that he's in pain. She doesn't want Giles or anyone else to be as lonely as she is. Jenny assures her that if she if she has a chance to make this right, she will. And Buffy, as I mentioned, she's not kidding. She's going to die for it. Mm-hmm. Buffy, in a move that I think is fine, because it, at least they're talking, but that will undoubtedly haunt her for a very long time, stops Jenny, telling her to leave it. And how many times do you think Buffy has beaten herself up for not letting Jenny finish? Oh, well, we see it in the next episode. Yeah. Buffy never gets sick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and... The whole crux of the next episode is she's listening to people that she maybe would normally not listen to. Absolutely. Like she's insisting and staying somewhere she doesn't want to be. Absolutely. Physically being somewhere she she dreads because she must listen to somebody. Absolutely. Because she, cause she didn't say, I mean, this was the moment that she could have had with Jenny. Mm-hmm. The last moment she sees Jenny alive. Yeah. Where she could have said something reassuring and she could have just let Jenny finish. And, I mean, even though I think Buffy's fine in this, mm-hmm. she's actually going with her emotions and everything, I think I think it would haunt her forever. I think, oh, yeah. I well, think it would be millions of times she would think about this. It has a SID-level alteration of how Buffy handles everything mm-hmm. from here on out. Like, this is Earshot, which we mentioned before. Right. She listens. She's the only one who will listen to Jonathan. Right. And it's not just because she could hear everyone's internal thoughts. Like, she listens from now on this is the first time buffy learns empathy is important and it's it's only when she has let's say projection issues Mm -hmm. um that she doesn't listen and we and this is actually from this moment on we start to think it's weird and notice when she doesn't listen like when she doesn't want to listen to faith we think it's bizarre and we start to notice like why isn't she listening to this girl yeah um you know she's a fellow slayer for god's sake and just even the difference when kendra comes back absolutely because she's completely different with kendra yeah and so when she goes back to um being her kind of our old (laughs) kind of bitchy self with faith Mm -hmm. it stands out because she has become so different by then yeah, totally. Absolutely. So this, yeah, this has a Sid level difference. Yeah, it it takes something. It takes some kind of interpersonal something for Buffy to not listen. 
yeah. after this. It really does. It makes a huge impact on her. Yeah. So and good for uh, her. Yeah. It, it's good. And we kind of need to have this sort of thing where that you have that moment where you realize every moment you have with somebody in your life might be the last. Absolutely. And yeah, it I know that matter. one. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I mean, and, but it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And this is, and, you know, and we're seeing here how, I mean, Buffy does a fine job of learning on her own. It'd be great if the adults in her life were responsible and stepped in, but she'll get there. Yeah, and she will. we and and uh, I mean, and this is an instance where our protagonist makes a mistake. Yeah, and uh, at least as far as she sees it, I mean, we might not, but um, she well, makes it, a mistake, and we love protagonists that make mistakes. Yeah. They're interesting, and it's a handoff from Jenny. Jenny made a mistake that she didn't necessarily mean to make. She right. was being fine, mm-hmm. but she still made a mistake, Absolutely. and now that's being handed off to Buffy. Absolutely, yeah. Um. Because Buffy, I mean, she's an occasionally petulant and rather dangerous person, but her conscience is, if anything, overactive. It oh eats her alive, even God, when yeah. she pretends it doesn't. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I bet it hurts that this is the last thing she ever said to Jenny, especially after she finds out that Jenny died because she was following through on her promise to try to think, make things right. Not for Giles, mm-hmm. but for Buffy. Yeah. And for Angel. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because Jenny, I mean, Buffy will never, Buffy will never know what Jenny said to the magic shop guy, but she said she's getting her friend, his soul back. Yeah. And she was being completely honest. She sees Angel as a friend. Yeah, that's true. Which the last episode we have of Angel's true happiness, him being completely accepted into the Scoobies, Mm -hmm. working with them, you know, like that, that major ingredient of his actual happiness is that it also made the entire group mourn him. Yes. Absolutely. And and Jenny, yeah. when she was explaining to her uncle, he saved my life. Mm-hmm. We have to help him. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So it's just sad. It's just sad, man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this Buffy, is why um, we keep stalling. I know. We can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll get through it. We will. Because Cordy's coming. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, Buffy finds Giles and uh, he asks about her evening. She says that she didn't get any sleep, but there weren't any human fatalities. Not that night. Yeah. Well, and we see Giles handing out flyers for people to hang up, which makes me wonder what those are. I know. Yeah. Are those the self-defense flyers? They might be. Is oh, Giles oh teaching Oh my God, that would be so classes? awesome. Giles has hooked up with the gym teacher and they're going to teach those <laughs> self-defense classes. <laughs> you are not an insane person. Come help me to educate these children on self-defense. I'm just going to headcanon that. Like, we, we awesome. don't even need it, but I'm just going to headcanon it. Or it's like, it. return your damn books, bitches. Is what yeah. it <laughs> Love All Ripper. three of you, yeah. <laughs> Ripper says, return your fucking books. You know, that would be what Ripper would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's telling her that. So, yeah. So, so any human fatalities, not that night. But, you know, this very night, there will be some. Ow. Ow. Yeah. Show. Ow. Well, and there was some the previous couple nights because we saw. Yeah. Well, I mean, the yeah. eating part, but. You know, yeah. and Buffy doesn't really acknowledge that there are humans getting eaten all every night, at yeah. least three every night. Anyway, <laughs> that'll bleed over into the next episode, too. Yes, it will. Yeah. Uh, Giles is telling her that he found the invitation, the invitation ritual. Uh, Cordy pops out of nowhere, which cracks me up <laughs> and uh, is excited that she can go back to driving her own car now yes. after having switched with her grandma. And uh, Cordy, <laughs> dude. Well, he's not going to eat her grandma. I mean, he, that's he might. He will. If, if, if Buffy's grandma was around, she might be in trouble. That's true. <laughs> but Cordy's grandma, yeah. eh, whatever. Yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> but, so I, but I'm going to say, I would not fuck with Cordy's grandma. I bet she was badass. Probably. <laughs> uh, and notice how red 
Cordy's outfit is too. Really red. So the shadow self is also reflecting this pain. And it's yeah. also carrying over a little bit from the last episode, you know, where she yes. wore red the whole time in there too. Um, but yeah, she's all in red all of a sudden. Yeah. Buffy's getting surrounded by red. Danger so is when, everywhere and pain is everywhere. Yeah. But Buffy's not wearing red. So, so far she's okay. Well, she's the one girl in all the world. She is. Which is almost she's, worse. Yeah, that's true. And she's maintaining that. Yeah. So she's staying strong even in the face of all this. Absolutely, she is. Yeah. But alone. Yes. Giles says that the ritual is simple and involves the normal ritual things like reciting rhyming couplets and burning mosses with just a dash of holy, a dash of holy water. Uh, Buffy <laughs> I'll says think she has in her house. <laughs> I know, I love this. Buffy <laughs> says that this is stuff she has in her house, and I don't think she's kidding because we know she has holy water, and I'd love to see her collection of all-powerful mosses. I know, <laughs> like moss awesome. herbs. Like she's one in one of her drawers. She <laughs> pulls it open, like this is fire moss. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I bet she's just hoping for a use for communion wafers. She's sitting there saying like, communion oh, wafers, yeah. communion wafers. <laughs> Damn it. What am I going to use them for? <laughs> she's like cramming in her ears or something. I don't know. <laughs> she's resourceful. What happens if a vampire eats a communion wafer? If I knew a vampire, I would try it out. Hmm. It's got to burn. I mean, yeah. if, if holy water burns, communion wafers burn. I bet it's like anaphylaxis. Oh, maybe they break out in vampire hives. Yeah. <laughs> Throat, Throat swells sp- shut. Yeah, well, they don't breathe. I guess that's not a problem. But that seems uncomfortable. The throat yeah, seems like a, yeah. a really uncomfortable oh, place yeah, you, to hit. You, in a... Maybe you just fling it at the vampire, and then it gets some energy. <laughs> you get one just... of those, remember pogs? You get oh, one of those pog That guns? could be the Slayer version of a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get communion wafers in there, and you're like, pog, pog, Hell pog, pog, yeah. pog. <laughs> Buffy, you need to build some shit, girl. Come on now. <laughs> uh, they do Willow's house first, and Willow, nailing up across behind her curtain, is wondering how she's going to explain to her dad that she's not actually converting from Judaism. Um, Lovely little bit of levity here. Oh, fantastic. Also got got to breathe. Some crumbs for a future episode. Absolutely. <laughs> just got to let us breathe. <laughs> Breathing yes. a little bit more before the sadness. Uh, apparently, she has to go to Xander's if she wants to watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. And believe it or not, believe it or not, Willow's fondness for Charlie Brown and for, as she mentions, Xander doing the Snoopy dance will also be referenced in a much later episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. It's just planting little seeds everywhere. Uh, Cordy wonders why Willow doesn't have any fish in her aquarium, and Willow makes a sad little squeaking noise when she could have just said, I'm cycling it. Um, <laughs> God, I hope she cycled it the first time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, uh, Buffy tells Cordy that since they've already taken care of her, of devamping her car, she's free to go. <laughs> I love that they took care of her car first. They probably wanted to practice, and Cordy was like, you're going to take care of my damn probably, car yeah, first. She's like, we're not going anywhere until we do my <laughs> well, car. Because she probably had to drive him home. <laughs> well, yeah, she's Wheelman. Well, she even says, she's like, I would, you know, I'm yeah. going to take off. I'd do the same for you if you had anywhere to be. Yeah, I know. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, Cordy is both kind of hurt and also not unhappy about having her evening free you know yeah and, but she's she is it does sting a little bit that she's being dismissed and that's why she says she'd do the same for them if they ever had plans or a social life or anything like that mm-hmm. you know oh and so are her plans with xander <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. they are because which is I mean, actually they turn okay. up together yeah, yeah absolutely um and I have to say, I am so glad they aren't completely defanging Cordelia. They never will either. And I love that. Yes. Uh, Cordy finds yet another envelope and uh, Willow opens it and looks at the paper inside with a good amount of dread. She tells Buffy it's for her. 
It's a drawing of Joyce, asleep. Of course, the creepiest part about this is that Angelus probably snuck in and did the drawing the night before while Buffy and Willow were sleeplessly sitting up in Buffy's bed. That is what's always occurred to me, is yeah. that he... He came to the window, saw Willow there. Yeah. Knew and and the steak success- and the crosses yes, and, and the knew garlic. That he was successful. Went mm-hmm. downstairs, did a drawing of Joyce, and then went and left it at Willow's house again. Yeah. Because he knew Willow wasn't there. Yep. And Drew said he was gone until right before sunrise. Yeah. This is methodical. Yeah. Yep. Like, and now I'm having so much sympathy for what Drusilla went through. Oh, absolutely. Because this seems like Angelus Light. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and this was, when it was Drew, it was only Drew against this fucking psychotic oh, yeah. vampire. She didn't have friends. She was just watching everyone, and we know her little sister. Yeah, he mom. took out her entire family first, so she yeah. had no one in the world and who gave a shit. And then she had to go to a convent, yeah. and as soon as she took her vows, he turned her. He turned her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And But if he's on the same trajectory with Buffy, it means he wants to turn Buffy. Oh, I think that's the plan. We know that's the plan because yes. he tries to turn Faith. Yeah, which actually... He wants his own slayer. Is is this a good time to bring up the nature of Angelus's actual crime that got him the curse? I think we should because I, I think we want to give the gentle listeners something to think about because this is just a theory. This is just uh, a theory. They don't say it in the show. It's not explicit in the show. But we were talking about this and it yeah. seems plausible. And I was rewatching all of these. I was going mm-hmm. through and I was watching all of the ones with the flashbacks and everything. Right. Um, to get ready for this episode because it is such a heavy, I mean, we're already at like 90 minutes. And we're um, only, <laughs> uh, what, we're not even halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so if you go ahead and get a snack, we're, we have a snack coming actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't worry about us. We eat during this whole yes, thing. Yes, we do. Yeah. My boyfriend's bringing us. <laughs> you food. pause and eat. We pause and eat. Yes. Um, so I was thinking about this. And the way, so since we're going into the Greek mythology, right, there are reasons that things are okay and reasons things aren't okay. Mm-hmm. And if a, if a demon, just a demon, does what a demon does, then we just kill the demon. That's fine right. because demons do what demons do. But if a demon does something, like the ultimate crime in, in Greek morality was to make you or to, to hurt your family. To harm your family. Right. So for this level of vengeance... Which, as, as you said, is why Amy's mom Yeah, that's suffers. why it's okay. And she's going to continue right. to suffer because the, her crime was that she essentially ate her child's life. Right. Um, you know, she was going to consume Amy's life and right. keep her there. So when we have this level of vengeance, like what would actually... This seems so petty that we're even willing to throw um, Jenny and... Uncle Anos into the meat grinder. Right. Like willy-nilly. Yeah, like the Calderash themselves yeah. are sacrificing their own people they to take are, care of this issue. They are continuing to do this. So what warrants this level of horrible exacting of, of, of vengeance? Right. Angel, in my mind, turned their daughter and sicked her on them. See, and I, and I think there's evidence in Angel the series for this because of Holtz. Yes, I agree. Like he did the same thing with them. But what right. they did because they knew what Angel was... Because they had, they even had the the, the spell. Mm-hmm. They had to kill their own daughter, right? Like right. How... Well, and, and Holt. I mean, and Holtz did that, and it made Holtz yeah. insane. It is. It did make, and it made Holtz insane to the point of of actually, we kind of clear Angel, <laughs> we clear Angelus of this crime, right. because the same thing is sort of done to him, right? Um. So um, we, but it's, but it's. I mean, if we're if we want to profile Angelus, 
This is his MO. It he is. He will turn your family and make you kill your family. Yeah. And as long as we're talking about what he's going to do to Buffy and what he did to Drusilla. And we can't have him confess this because that's too much. Like his mm-hmm. confession about what he did to Drusilla was almost enough to drive a wedge between him and Buffy. Right. So he can't confess this. This is too terrible. Right. That this is, I mean, we, we already know that he, he just says he killed her, which he did. Um, but yeah, if, if you turn somebody, you also kill them. That's yeah. like step one, kill. Step two, turn. But he talks <laughs> about her like he knew her. She was a favorite among her right. clan. She was dumb as a post. Right. He knew her. It wasn't right. just when you know all we see is Darla has her tied up on the hearth and they have sex while she's there. Right. We don't know what happens after that. I mean, I think we're supposed to perhaps imagine that he just kills her. But um, yeah, but the question is, is that all he does? Yeah. And we know that he makes other vampires because of the vampire that we have in Angel and possibly mm-hmm. the Gorches. Well, and, and holds his daughter. Holds his daughter. We know that he turns people. Yeah. And he just leaves them. He turns them as punishment. Yes. And, I mean, Spike does that with Ford because he learned from yeah. Angelus. Well, and Angelus has the uh, the um, vampiregram, the emblem. What's it called when you turn pushed into flames? Meow? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the vampire that comes to her school. Oh, yeah. And bursts into flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The soon, the soon vampire, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so he's all he about even, soon, man. He's, yeah. So he even makes a vampire. The, the vampogram. Yeah, the vampogram. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, the other vampire that's turned when she has a moment with Angel a couple yeah. episodes ago. Yeah. So, yeah, th- of course, he turned he turned this gypsy girl and made her family kill her. It's absolutely her, his MO. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it completely is. Yeah. We don't know that yet. We will find it out later. We will, but that and that it was during explains. that it was during that time period with Holtz too. Mm-hmm. It was what he had started doing. Yeah, and um, I mean, and, with and Darla he, egging him on. Yeah, and and we know that Angelus. I mean, Angelus when he's on Angel the series, he's his plan is to turn Faith too. He has not stopped this at all. He no. has not put the brakes on his hubris in any way, shape, or form. No. He finds somebody. He's obsessed with her, and he breaks her down and turns her that's what he does so absolutely i i totally think it's a great theory yeah thank you i buy it (laughs) yeah so that's that's my thing and and that that makes his menace even more like horrible well in this episode and it makes what he does we're going to discuss what happened with giles but it it Mm -hmm. kind of turns the way that i think about what he does with jenny and giles Right. A little bit. It gives me a different take on that emotional beat. Yeah, and that'll be really interesting to talk about. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it makes total sense to me. And it's, um, and the nature of, of the gypsy curse, um, the curse of the Calderash, uh, is one of metamorphosis as well. So it mm-hmm. totally makes sense if you want to mirror that. Um, if he took their daughter and turned her, they are taking him. And turning him twice. Yes, that's true. They give him the soul, and they take the soul. <laughs> well, and they will have the stain of having to kill their own daughter. In this Greek, you know, if we're taking the mm-hmm. Greek ethos, the stain of having to kill their own flesh and blood is the highest sin. And they were forced into they it. They were forced into it. So he made them do it. So their their torment is eternal. Right. They stained their entire bloodline. Yep. So when, when Uncle Anyo says our our torment is eternal, so must his be, mm-hmm. he's correct. And he and they're tormenting him in the same way. They are, yeah. Right. So that that's because that's you know, we're if we're looking at that morality, if we're looking at it from this point of view. Um yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. what we're looking at. I totally buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good theory. So thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, Joyce pulls the Jeep into her driveway, and yep, oh, we can tell by the black leather pants of evil that Angelus <laughs> is waiting for her. Oh, goody. Oh, <laughs> he immediately goes over and acts like Mr. Desperate Boyfriend, grabbing the door and saying he needs to talk to her. Joyce, to her credit, is not intimidated, even though he's a big dude and super crazy yeah. right now. Uh, he asks if Buffy told her mom about their relationship, and Joyce says that the... The main point here is that Buffy wants him to leave her alone. He says he can't possibly do that. Uh, she says he's scaring Buffy, and clearly he's never seen Joyce being a vampire with a fire axe because <laughs> <laughs> he asks for her help. Uh, Joyce steps around him and starts walking toward the house with her groceries, and he goes on and on all crazy about how he needs uh, to be with Buffy, and Joyce can help him convince Buffy that this is how it should be. Um, all this crazy rambling has got Joyce a tad... Um, I wouldn't say she's nervous or afraid or anything. I'd say unnerved, unnerved, and maybe a little irritated, <laughs> kind of over yeah. it. Like enough of this well, shit. Buffy gets some of herself from Joyce. Joyce can be a badass. Yes, like we saw that in School Hard <laughs> when she yeah. smacking Spike with a oh, fire axe. Totally, yeah, yeah, you mess with her kid, and it's her. It's it's definitely her berserker rage button. Oh yeah, um, I bet that's what finally got her to leave her husband. Oh, I bet. I bet he finally, like, he insisted that she go back to the hospital. Yeah. Or something like that. I or bet he, he insisted just... in the first place and Joyce went along with it. And then yeah. she's like, look, this is fucked. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, but I bet he finally just did something with Buffy and she said, fuck you. And yeah. they left. Because they don't talk about, they only talk about when dad left after Don comes. Ooh, ooh. We'll have to pay attention to the fight that they have that, that Buffy shows us. <gasps> oh, yeah. 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 That's a good thing. Yeah. Or that Angel shows us. Whistler yeah. shows us. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like we talk about it with Dawn when it says when dad left, but that's an alternate reality. Right. That's a different reality right. that he had to. Dad leaving would have solidified the family unit. Well, and dad leaving might mean Joyce is like, get the fuck out of my fucking house, you fuck. That's and then he true. leaves. <laughs> I mean, and, and Dawn, true. honestly, Dawn would have been so young. She wouldn't know anyway. Yeah. So she would get the whitewashed little kid version. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's very true. So um, Joyce drops her grocery bag while trying to retrieve her keys. Angelus actually does help her pick up the oranges, which is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't ha handled oranges in a while. No, he just flings them everywhere. And Joyce is like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing with my fucking oranges? You crazy fucker. Um, I love that they kept this take. I love it, too. It's, it just feels so fresh and spontaneous. It, yeah, it feels organic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and he says he'll die without Buffy and she'll die without him. And Mama Bear goes into a full effect and Joyce asks if he's threatening her daughter. Angelus... Um, <laughs> I think if Giles had given Buffy the go-ahead to explain vampires to her mom, I think Joyce would have sticked her ass right then. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, she just would have... She would have been walking around with the, the red axe of female empowerment. Absolutely. And a couple of stakes, <laughs> and she just would have poked him right oh, there. yeah, totally. Oh, did you threat my daughter? Poke. Stake. Yeah. Like, ash. You poof, you know, ashes everywhere, yeah. and it would have been over. <laughs> we wouldn't have had Angel the Series, which would have been sad. Um, <laughs> he continues his crazy boyfriend speech, asking why Buffy is doing this to him. And he looks really dead. He looks so fucking dead. Like, really dead. And I, the, the deadness, we see him look this dead, and I only have eyes for you, where he is craving Buffy. Yes. So, like, 
I believe him. I think he doesn't know he's telling the truth, but he's telling the truth. I agree. Like, I like if you ask I, him, do you really feel this way? He'd be like, no, I'm no, trapping no, her. I'm just manipulating her, but right. I believe him. Like, I the, do too. The frantic movement with the oranges and the way that, mm-hmm. like, that he's not able to scare her. His plan starts to fall through. He's going to scare her. Right. And then as it isn't working, he's actually falling into the truth accidentally right. because it's his plan isn't working. Well, and Willow just told Buffy a couple of scenes ago, he still only thinks about you. Yeah. And it's true. It like, is really true. And it's Selfish banal obsession is like up to his ears. Yeah, at this point, he sounds just like the girls talking about Xander. (laughs) Yep, and word for word, almost. And Faith will sound just like him too. Yeah, when she goes evil. Yeah, because she wants Buffy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Joyce leaves her groceries and tells him she's calling the police. Uh, As is the way with this sort of situation, Joyce is rattled enough that her large bunch of keys is making it tricky to get uh, the door unlocked. Happens to me too. I mean, I have two keys. I'm just like, fuck, yeah. goddammit. Angelus, undoubtedly making Darla proud, strolls up behind Joyce and finally gets the whole point of why he was there. He tells Joyce that he hasn't been able to sleep since the night he and Buffy made love. That got Joyce's attention in a big way, perhaps because it's dawning on her that this guy, while very handsome, looks very dead. Um, probably, <laughs> probably not. No, uh, Sunnydale syndrome is, no, is in full effect. It, it is strong with this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she gets the door open and goes in, telling him to leave them alone. He gets all ready to charge in after her, but he stops. Buffy and Willow descend the stairs, Willow reciting the Latin portion of the de-invitation spell. Uh, the Latin is verbus consensus rescissus est, uh, and... We're we're just getting a little piece at the end, uh, of course. Um, and by the way, huge props to Alison Hannigan for pronouncing her V as a W. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it means um, probably something like, by these words which are in agreement, it is rescinded. Meaning, of course, the invitation. Uh, Buffy Slayer stares Angelus down, telling him that they changed the locks and slams the door in his face. And we're all, yay! <laughs> That's a good moment. That's great. That is a really good moment. She's gradually getting her strength. Yes. And getting ready for what she has to do at school jenny is working late giles says hi and jenny does the apple aversion of alt tab uh to quickly hide the translation program she was working on (laughs) (laughs) i I think that'd be command tab excellent i'm not positive but pretty sure (laughs) yes they kind of change it from version to version sometimes oh that would drive me crazy i think so Mm. but i I could be wrong Mm. i I haven't had to hide a screen for a long time (laughs) well now that i work from home for my business i don't really either yeah (laughs) (laughs) not that i ever did read news or something i never played gattaca no of course you didn't or galaga galaga whatever (laughs) thing with stuff Uh, iron man reference haha funny Uh, he, he mentions that she's there late and she says she's working on a special project and boy, is she ever. She mentions that she spoke to Buffy and Giles is immediately excited and hopeful and our hearts sink. Jenny tells Giles what Buffy said about him missing her and Giles fake curses Buffy's meddlesomeness. Jenny says she may have some news, but she doesn't want to tell him exactly what it is until it's done. And I get this completely, actually. It dooms her in the end, but she really does feel responsible for what happened even though I disagree. Uh, but she wants to make sure she, she's really got a way to get Angel's soul back um, before she gets their hopes up. It yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, that does. Especially when she's so close. Yeah, she's, I mean, you know, so yeah, close. Like, I think you were right in the last episode where she was like wanting to tell him that she could do it, but now that she's so close and they're kind of reconciling, that, that yeah. would be a really nice uh, foreplay. Absolutely. And she doesn't, yeah. what she doesn't want is to get them all excited and they'd be like, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
that's the worst thing that she could do at well, this point from we her perspective. see how that affects even just willow who doesn't yes. have all this writing on it how she feels just so guilty absolutely so and guilty enough that she's willing to do it from a hospital bed yeah absolutely again it's, it's yeah. such a big deal mm-hmm. yeah uh jenny asks if they can meet up later and giles agrees immediately suggesting that she swing by his house he's flirty and she's flirty so we have a pretty good idea of how lovely their evening could have been uh, they were both all happy smiles, and we grumble to ourselves. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Snard, uh-huh. do you know what I would do if I lived in Sunnydale and found out I only had a few months to live? Well, I'd <laughs> buy all the accidental death and dismemberment insurance I could and open a magic store. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, our magic store guy is just closing up shop for the night when his last customer comes in. A customer with a cute puppy. Oh, dude, you are so fucked right now. He turns, telling whoever it is that they're closed, but he sees Drusilla. He asks what she wants. And that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Drew is creepy as shit and dangerous as shit, but he knows immediately that she's something different and almost seems to know what she is. I think he does, because he's actually in the trade. He knows a lot. Yeah. He's obviously been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also note, there's an angel on the ceiling above <laughs> Drusilla's left shoulder. There is. All right, her left. Yes. Yes. yes absolutely. Stage right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Drew's like a regular customer. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, that would be. If she goes in for other stuff. Yeah, yeah but still. <laughs> and uh, Drew says that Miss Sunshine, the puppy, and somewhere Miss Edith is breathing a sigh of relief that she uh, <laughs> no longer has to be Drusilla's wingman. <laughs> uh, Miss Sunshine has told her that uh, that dude had a visitor earlier. Miss Sunshine would like if dude would tell the scary vampire what he had and the mean teacher talked about at school jenny jenny's cracked the translation code the beginning is thus uh, as the orb is round in nature as the earth is round in nature and the heavens are round in nature so is the soul return from whence you were banished using this orb as your guide penetrate every ounce of the flesh every sinew of the body and every tissue of the heart Make what lays before you more than the empty vessel that is animal, that is beast. Make it man, as God created when he separated the firmament of the heavens from the earth. Come forth now, return, return. As the orb burns, let life burn. Wow. Lovely, isn't Damn. it? Damn. It's a hell of a spell. Yeah, and that first little bit, sun and moon stuff. Absolutely. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You guys are going to have your minds blown. (laughs) Uh, Jenny is very excited. As she told her students to, she saves a copy to her floppy disk and prints the translation out. Then she sees Angelus lounging nonchalantly, as he does in one of the chairs. Which she asked. Yeah, I know. It's just chilling. Also, uh, before we get into the seriousness of things, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he has the word Phoebe above his head. This was not there earlier in the class. (laughs) So Phoebe... um, I'm going to go with Urban Dictionary because Urban Dictionary is always funnier, and we need that. Yes, we uh, do. So first definition is slang word derived from the phrase feeble-minded. Describes one who is unbearably uns... Oh, my God. It's hard, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> slang word derived from the phrase feeble-minded. Describes one who is unbearably insipid or odious. As in, God, that substitute teacher is such a phoebe. <laughs> uh, second, this is my favorite, 
an ass clown, which practice, <laughs> practices ass clownery at an exponential level, which compared to a regular ass clown, this is an ass clown whose own stupidity can actually change the Earth's gravitational pull. <laughs> and as we've said many times, Angelus is really smart, but really fucking stupid. Bit of a phoebe. A it, bit of one. It has also been used at sometimes, I think, during um, uh, kind of like around Prohibition when there was a lot of slang. Mm. You know, like there was a very specific language mm. being thrown around. And I think a phoebe also meant somebody who was not very popular amongst their friends. Well, well. Yeah. Hmm. So that's just a fun little. It is pretty yeah. good. Yay, prop department. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she asks how he got in, and he says that the sign in front of the school, uh, enter ye, all ye who seek knowledge, provided him with an invitation. He's been in before, and Jenny knows he's been in before, because she tried to stop him from killing Willow when he first lost his soul. So I'm thinking this means, since she's surprised that he can still come in, uh, that there's a reason she had the book with a de-invitation spell in it. And oh, I think she put it on the school. Well spotted. And it didn't work. Yeah, because he was still invited. Yeah, I think she de-invited Angelus from the school, and that's why this is the last thing she expected. And also Good why point. she felt safe in not telling Giles or Buffy uh, what she was up to until she'd actually had it all done. Wow, that's a really good point. Well, and then he probably couldn't get in, backed up, saw the the plaque. Oh, knowledge. I want knowledge. Yeah. And thought yeah. to himself, I want knowledge. Yeah, and then he was able to enter because he seems to have the gotcha. Yeah. Instead of like, what do you mean? Why could I come in? I, was I, I came in, in like a, a few I've months been ago. Here yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jenny's a very intelligent woman. She translated "Enter all ye who seek knowledge" off the cuff based on Angelus's Latin recitation of it, and she's just written a rather brilliant translation program. She knows she's fucked. Mm-hmm. She tries the only thing she can. She tries to distract him. Uh, he says that he. Um, he knows all about what she's been doing and picks up the orb. It glows for him too. He throws it into the blackboard, shattering it. He has a look at the software, marveling at the progression of technology as she tries to sneak over by the door, but she finds it locked. For a long time, I thought um, that he just broke the monitor, but no. Uh, remember, Angel uh, knew quite a bit about computers, and because he did, Angelus does too. Angel sweeps both the monitor and the box with a hard drive off the desk. Yeah, that was well caught. And this is before solid-state drives, kids. Way before. So, they, they weren't even a thought. Yeah, no, they weren't. <laughs> for your so, average consumer. These were breakable discs. And it's going to catch on fire. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's not a, that's not an, oh, yeah, uh-huh. No, this is fire. a little needle scratching ones and zeros into Yeah, it, these but, are. And, yeah. and there would, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's that drive is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes the page off the printer, taking a moment to savor the nostalgia of the, the last time he heard the restoration spell. Jenny tries in vain to stop him, but Angelus has no interest in having his soul back. He tears up the spell and deposits it into the fire that Jenny's computer has started. He savors the lovely fire, which probably does feel quite nice if you're cold and dead, like he is, (laughs) and talks about killing killing two birds with one stone. Jenny moves away from the door. On her left, the remember to back up your file sign, which has been changed to read remember to hack up your files. On her right, a coffee mug with hero in big black letters. And damn right you are, Jenny. Your spell saves Angel twice. Mm-hmm. Angelus looks up in vamp face and says, teacher makes three. Jenny tries to run past him, but he catches her and throws her into the locked door, which is hard enough to bust it open yeah. and cut her head. And she runs. Angelus chases her through the school. She finds locked fire doors, which I'm thinking he most definitely blocked. Oh, totally. Because he was able to get out of those for no, with no problem whatsoever. He has this chase planned. Yes, he does. He knows what route Absolutely she's going to take. Absolutely, he does. 
she manages to slow him down with a locked door and a, the janitor's cart. And for a human, she does really, really well. Oh, yeah. You almost think she's going to make it. But there he is in front of her. He grabs her and snaps her neck. And doesn't that window behind them look like a sun? A big sun. Yes, yep. it does. So when this chase first started, uh, Angelus was planning to feed on Jenny. He said so. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do you think he decided to kill her without feeding on her? I tend to think that she impressed him with her determination. She fought well, considering she's a human and a computer teacher. Mm-hmm. And in his, in his soulless, twisted brain, it seems almost like respect. I think so, too. And we'll come up on on the way she's staged in Giles's place, too, Mm -hmm. Um, because we've we've seen what he's capable of. We see that he likes to bite and kill. And what he did to Uncle Enyos that we didn't see. And we have, just like Cordelia was saying, he has a lot of options. Like, there's so many things he could do to Buffy that aren't just drawing pictures. Right. There's so many things he could do to Jenny that aren't just killing her. Like, turning her. Yeah. Like, turning... That would be the worst. But... Like, like he did, potentially, to the gypsy girl. Um, and, which would have and, been extra, like, that would have been yeah, stunningly um, apt to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he doesn't feed from her, he doesn't turn her, he doesn't torture her, he doesn't dismember her. Right. He just snaps her neck. I, I agree. I think it's an act of respect. He I, kills her quickly. Yeah. And painlessly. Does. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, I was watching this program about samurai the other day, mm-hmm. and they practice cutting bamboo yeah. because you want a straight cut because it's painless to your enemy. Right. So you don't want to be sloppy. A, a sloppy samurai hurts their enemy. Right, and that's a respect thing as well. It is, yeah. 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 Uh, to give us some much-needed comic relief, Giles is at the Summer's home, checking in. Willow gives him back the book, and Giles says that he'll do his apartment next. Ouch. Yeah. Oh, Giles, why didn't you copy that out of the book, man? I mean, it wouldn't have prevented anything, but it would have saved you some pain. Yeah, or just run home and do yours real quick. Yeah. Uh, he asks how the ritual went, and Willow says it went fine, except for the part where Angelus showed up and told Joyce that, all about how he had deflowered her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love I love uh, Willow's affectation here. That's, that's exactly how I get when I'm in an impossible situation yes. that I have no choice but to be stuck in. I'm like, hi, kinda, how are you? <laughs> she she kind of lets Giles kind of guide himself through the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, Willow has a moment of panic, thinking that librarians don't know about sex. <laughs> Willow, have you seen Giles plus demon orgies? Yeah. Come on now. He did it with Ethan Rain for God's sake. I thought you wouldn't know because you're a librarian. No, I get it. No, I I get it. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Willow does tell Giles that Buffy kept her cool with Angelus and tries to usher him out. He suggests that he should maybe talk to Joyce, and Willow wonders exactly what he would say in this situation. Like great delivery. Like sure. Like what would you say? And even Ripper doesn't have a good answer for that one, I wouldn't think. So she shows him out. Yes. It is cute that he has the moment of daddy where he's yes. like, yes, I should step in and be a father. Yes. I'm I don't know not what actually part. a father. I'm... Although I think it would have been better than what actually happens. I absolutely, anything would be better than what actually happens. He would have stepped in and been like, Joyce, she's very near adulthood. She was dating this guy for a long time. I knew him. He was a wonderful man until recently. Yes, you should get off her back. And hopefully he would also say, by the way, Buffy is what we call a vampire slayer. One girl in all the world. (laughs) And do the whole speech. Yes. Yeah. And and if he had gone up there, he might have ended up giving the speech. The the encyclopedia with arms speech. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love that speech. (laughs) 
in Buffy's room, you can cut the awkward with a knife. Oh, and there is, her curtains are opened exactly to show map of the sky behind her. Mm-hmm. At this point, we're just getting like the baseball bat. Yeah, the sun, uh, and, moon, <laughs> the sun and moon baseball bat. Yeah. yeah, but still. And you can see behind her the sun and moon lamp by her bed. Buffy well. wishing she was in the sky right now. Yep. Anywhere other than here. Anywhere else. Uh, Buffy explains away the herbs and Latin as Angelus being superstitious, but um, she could have gone all asbestos for as much attention as Joyce is not paying to that part. (laughs) Joyce asks if Angel was Buffy's first, but then thinks that maybe she doesn't want to know. Joyce, take a pill. You may live in Mayberry now, but you're from L.A. And we know from Angel the Series what it's like in L.A. It's like a real place. Oh, yeah. Well, and considering what we've... What we can... derive is that the word i want assume conclude conclude from extrapolate yes but from uh the comparisons to cordy who mm-hmm. is not a virgin and unapologetically yes. and rightly so i would not actually a be yeah because this whole virginity thing like it's God, ridiculous just get it over with yeah, seriously um, <laughs> but like <laughs> then you'll be like well that wasn't a big deal at all it yeah. was cool yeah find, but... find someone nice and respectful that you like Yes. It doesn't have to be the great love of your life. It doesn't have to be forever. If that's your religion, then that's great. But, you know, if it's not, then don't don't make a bigger deal of it than it has to be. And I will say, okay, even if it is your religion, please do a test drive. You don't want to get married and find out he can only get off if you shove a corn cob up his butt, you know? (laughs) Yeah, at least, at the very least, you can have a discussion about fetishes and and preferences and fantasies. I, I would recommend a test drive. And honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard me say fuck like 50,000 times. You're probably not from the religious space where it just take a test yeah. drive. Okay. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> just, but, you know. Even one time, call it a test drive. Make sure you're sexually <laughs> compatible. It's very important. Yes, I agree. At, at the very least, discuss these and things. And I've got in... the asexual sister agreeing with me. Yeah. So totally. it's important. Yeah. At, at the very least, have a very frank discussion. Yes. It's important. At the very, very at least. At the very least. Bare you know, minimum. Because I know a lot of really orthodox Mormons who just could not. Right. Um, you know, because that's that's their beliefs. And so to, it, to the point where the, the Mormon church released a Mormon sex book so they could actually start talking about it. Yes. Like even the Mormon church knows how important oh, yeah. sex and sexual totally compatibility like, is. And they're actually fairly sex positive as far as I can tell. They actually absolutely are. They yeah. encourage, um, uh, you know, the, the, the all the whatever planning kind of stuff. Take mm-hmm. birth control. Wait till you're ready and financially stable and, you know, yeah. emotionally stable and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mormon church gets a bad rap. Yeah, about they this. do. But they're but, actually pretty chill. I mean, you, yeah. you'll always hear the horror stories and stuff because people misinterpret. Right. But overall, they're they're really cool people. I, I read the Mormon sex book because I was intrigued. And oh. it's basically like, if you are in a committed relationship with someone you love, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Go crazy. That's cool. That's <laughs> it really was great. Cool. It was yeah. really empowering. It was like, oh, that's yeah. awesome. No, that's super cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, it's... it's uh, oh, God. Oh, yeah. So I would actually be shocked that Buffy was a virgin right you know i'd be like so she's, you she, haven't already because i was assuming she, she's a, <laughs> i know she's a she's a really pretty girl and, yeah. and she's 17 well and this is a year later than average that and, she lost her you know in in the mall with the gorches she's she assumes that buffy was off being all boy crazy about somebody and that's why she didn't show right. up like she's assuming that buffy is this hormonal teenager who's running around and making out with people right so you know i'm i'm a little shocked that she's Shocked. Shocked. But maybe she's shocked that she's shocked too. Maybe so. Yeah. Of course, if she had been having the regular sex talks with her daughter 
and had treated no. it like not a bad thing, Buffy would have told her the whole time. She'd have to acknowledge she has a daughter. She'd have to acknowledge her daughter has needs. She'd have to acknowledge that her daughter ha- daughter has a life, and she'd actually have to acknowledge that she has to do something in her daughter's life to make it better. Good point. <laughs> so, follow that with a snap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out for a walk, bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, Buffy says that he was the first and the only one, actually. Joyce, Joyce points out how he's older than Buffy, and 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 how. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Buffy's, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Buffy says she knows. Uh, Joyce says that he's too old, and and yeah, like a lot, Joyce, but the horses are kind of out of the barn, you know? (laughs) Not the time. Yeah. Uh, Joyce points out that he's also not very stable. Also true, and also not even half the problem. Also, Buffy told you that. Yeah. Buffy's the one who came to you and talked about this thing. Buffy said he's not stable. Right. And told told Joyce exactly what to do. Yeah, remember that older boy? (laughs) Yeah, uh, seeing like she's she's just yeah. Joyce is just reiterating all the stuff. Buffy's Joyce is punishing told her. Buffy for finally being honest, which is crazy. Uh, well, she'll. <laughs> this trend will continue. Of course, it will. Yes, a lot, and yeah. get worse too. Uh, she, uh, Joyce says, "I really wish." And yes, Joyce, Buffy also really wishes. I'm sure. Joyce decides well, we to... We also see where wishing gets you in this, this little town. <laughs> yeah, don't wish, so for don't. fuck's sake. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when there's a vengeance demon around. <laughs> uh, Joyce decides to rub even more salt in Buffy's bleeding chest wound by telling her that she thought Buffy would show more judgment. Why not tell her you're disappointed in her again, Joyce? I mean, damn. Have you seen him? I'm surprised Buffy held out as long as she did. Seriously, I... I mean, okay, I'm asexual. We've made this clear. Right. Around the time he was hurt and I got him into my bedroom mm-hmm. is probably about the time I would have been contemplating <laughs> if I'd shaved my legs within a reasonable time to get it on. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, it it's- wouldn't have even been, I would have been like, I'm well, not going to have another well, chance with this kind of looking well, thing. Right. Well, especially, I mean, <laughs> when he was angel, he yeah. was sweet. He was, he, he was, was sweet gorgeous. and respectful and kind of awkward in that cute, like, because right. Buffy goes for the awkward. Yeah. And I understand that, but Angel's the right kind of awkward. Right. He's sort like, of like, he's I, not, it's not a, a, a pretend awkward, like yeah. Scott Hope. Uh, it's, a, you know, Riley. it's a, Riley, it's a, it's a, or Ford. It's a real awkward. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I seriously forgot how two people. Right. I've been eating rats for like decades. Yeah, like, and I, my last group of friends were all vampires. Yeah. And I don't really know how to function with humans. Yeah. So I'm just going to like, sometimes I wear my heart on my sleeve and sometimes I don't. And yeah. I don't know how to school my face. Right. And uh, every now and then I really nail it. Yeah. And, I, and then I have to run away for a while. Right. Like the, the Buffy held out for as long as she did is impressive. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> I mean, like we were all wanting them to for a long time. Right. It's like, just do it. It's yeah, not a big deal, Buffy, yeah. for God's sake. Yeah. yeah. Well, it turns out it was for Angel. Well, and, and I mean, as we yeah. as we said during that episode, Buffy mm-hmm. herself was probably not ready because she couldn't say the word sex. True. But, um, but also... But at that point, I mean, go for it. But yeah. Go for it. Also, how refreshing to have the dire consequences of a of sexual encounter to be on the man. Right? <laughs> yes. Well, Buffy's always been the guy. That's true. Yeah, she always has this relationship, <laughs> but it's just so much fun. 
I mean, this and this is a tragic thing, and there's so much terrible that goes on. But how that she got him pregnant with Angelus? <laughs> yeah, like how she knocked great him up. Is it that he's the one to have lasting consequences? Yeah. and he's the one who essentially gets slut shamed forever. Absolutely, and he's the one that can't be sexually open and sleeping around when essentially mm-hmm. Buffy can. I mean, we yeah. see Buffy being very free with her sexuality after she kind of gets over a few societal hangups. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's great that we have this gender reversal yeah. of an Angelus Angel being the one with the lasting consequences. Yes, and also the one pining after her. Yes, he's the one that can't get over it. And she's just kind of, if he could go away, when he does go away, she actually moves on she does. pretty well. It she takes does. her a minute. It hurts. It hurts when someone you love goes away. But yeah, she's mm-hmm. able to kind of move on. And he is not. Yeah. yeah. No, no, not even a little. Not for a long time. No. And not even then. Yeah. <laughs> Takes a few seasons. And uh, and so, then he just goes for a shadow self. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Xander already did that. Yeah. All right. That was so Sunnydale. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Buffy, much to her credit, stands up for herself, telling Joyce that Angel wasn't like this at all before. Otherwise, she wouldn't have slept with him. Yeah. Duh. <sighs> Joyce asks if if Buffy was in love with him, and Buffy says that she was, you know, at the time. Uh, Joyce finally, no finally, questions about condoms. Well, she does right now. Oh, does she? Yeah, Joyce finally, finally asks if Buffy was careful, meaning, of course, did she use protection? I wish she had said that. Uh, okay, number one, Joyce, why don't you know this already? Like, why haven't you given your daughter birth control or condoms or something? Also, I don't think Buffy was. Hmm. Um, I don't think Angel had condoms, which is really, the, I mean, it, would, it was true that dead people don't carry diseases and aren't, aren't able to get people pregnant most of the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of the bigger issue here, since Joyce thinks that this is a normal relationship with a non-dead person. Um, and if Buffy were, were my kid, and God knows I'm old enough for her to be, <clears throat> at first, she'd know all about this stuff ahead of time. And second... Uh, making sure she used some kind of protection or several kinds of protection would be my big issue. Yeah. Still, even this very important question wouldn't come until way after I made sure she was okay. Yeah. Because, like, (laughs) this guy is, he is freaky. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, are you okay? Like, like you said he's being creepy. He is legit wrong. Like, and this is going to be extra extra hurtful for you because I know this was your first time. But again, we can't it's acknowledge. Joyce. <laughs> it's Joyce, and it's Joyce right now. Yes, yes. Joyce has a great arc. She does. She does a really good job of arcing, but it's going to take us until halfway through season three yep. to see movement on Joyce yep. from here on out. Absolutely. She she warbles up and down and back and forth a little bit, but we really don't see arcing towards good mom Yeah, for a long time. For a long time. And we see worst mom. <laughs> yes, Possibly worst mom ever. We we start to see hints of, of awesome Joyce when she's so accepting of Buffy's girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes, we do. <laughs> you know? That's, that's <laughs> when, like, hey, Joyce is kind of awesome now. Yeah. <laughs> of all the but things she'd be fine with. It takes, I mean, who I, knows? Mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't actually tracked Joyce, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm really cool with Joyce until, say, amends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, start, and, mo- and a lot of that is because she's so sweet to Faith. Yeah. And I start to feel for her in Anne. When she's working with Giles, and then she accuses Giles, and then I lose it. Yeah, and then she falls back. 
yeah. oh yeah joyce you had me yeah um but yeah i don't i don't think it's until amends when i actually start really feeling joyce again yeah yeah i mean and the stuff she does next doesn't help either um, buffy doesn't really want to talk about this and so joyce gets pissed at her about how she did it with a guy she didn't tell joyce she was dating at all and joyce for fuck's sake calm down you wonder why buffy didn't tell you she lost her virginity you wonder why she didn't tell you she had a boyfriend this is why yeah <laughs> this is the problem It's because from the first day you moved into sunnydale you have been the mom she can't talk to yes and i mean as we've talked about before we're, we're pretty sure this is a reaction to joyce previously in la being a fantastic mom mm-hmm. and buffy went slayer and started fucking up at school and, and burning down gyms and so joyce disengaged because what she was doing wasn't working and so she kind of gave up on a weird way in a weird yeah. way on her and daughter we have some evidence of that because buffy keeps talking to her right. and reaching out to her and sometimes they connect you know mm-hmm. like they have those lovely mom daughter pig out sessions and right. stuff so it's not bad enough that buffy's like god my mom is just whatever um but when it really matters, Buffy reaches out to her like she would to a good mom. Right. And Joyce slaps her hands away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Buffy says she made a mistake. And Joyce snipes some more about how she'd better not just be saying that to shut her up. And it's pretty obvious that Buffy wasn't doing that at all. Uh, she tells Buffy that she does think that she really made a mistake. And Buffy snaps that she knows. And boy, does she. Yeah. She knows. Uh, she says she can't tell Joyce everything. And Joyce says she doesn't tell her anything and gives her a generous dose of guilt about shutting uh, her out of her life, but says she won't ever stop caring about her daughter. And yeah, Joyce, I should fucking hope not. That should be a given. Yeah. And this conversation reads to me like one of the first few of the uncloseting conversations. Absolutely. Like, it really starts to feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're talking about Buffy having sex with Angel, but it's really her saying, don't tell me you're gay. It's the Slayer as, as bisexual. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's it's the don't come out to me. Yeah, Slayer as queer, Slayer as we think bisexual. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you're making the wrong choice. I just can't trust you. Mm-hmm. You're not, you don't, you don't even know anything for yourself. You're not even yourself. telling me about what's going on. I'm going on. to love you no matter what, but not really, because if I had to say it, that I don't really mean it. Right. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just skirting the whole issue. Yeah, so if, if anybody out there who's had this kind of encounter with their parents, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, because my coming out went great. Yeah, yours was smooth. <laughs> was. Mine was weirder than yours. <laughs> True. Yeah, because it was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> they had a primer well, for you. Our, well, our parents like, why not? Sex is great. God, yeah. don't don't tell me. Just, yeah, tell God, me. Like, don't, really please don't, don't tell me sex like, is great. Yeah, but you dated people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and? It doesn't mean I felt sexually attracted to any of them. You had crushes, yeah, and? <laughs> They're crushes. They're crushes. Oh. It's different. <laughs> Notice I didn't date any of my crushes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had beards is what I had. No. <laughs> Uh, Joyce finally says that she loves Buffy more than anything in the world, and Buffy has every right to look a little skeptical, as she she does. She keeps from eye-rolling, though, which is what I would have done. Yeah. 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 Well done, Buffy. Well done through this whole thing, Buffy. I would have Mm -hmm. come and glued. Uh, Joyce still hasn't (laughs) noticed that her daughter is really a good teenager, of course, and expects Buffy to, you know, roll her eyes at that part. Uh, (laughs) Joyce, uh, Buffy has made it really painfully obvious how much she needs you. Like on Valentine's Day with the cute little hug me shirt and hanging out with snacks and stuff. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Or like how she wanted to burn everything on her birthday and got all snuggly with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Buffy has been trying so hard, so Mm -hmm. hard to get her mom 
to comfort her. Oh, yeah. And then the only time that her mom has asked her to talk is when she's obviously not going to. Because Joyce has just yelled at her for some fucking reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's like she purposefully chooses the wrong time. Yes. Like, of course she does. If I even bothered asking you what was wrong, would you tell me? Like, how passive aggressive is that bullshit? And Buffy has defiance disorder. And, yeah. And trust me, you're not going to answer at that point. Nope. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, well, did you just tell me what? To- no, I'm not going to answer that shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then um, uh, Joyce says, I guess that was the talk. Wait, wait, what? What talk? <laughs> the sex talk? That was the making you feel like a slut for having sex talk. That wasn't the sex talk. Seriously, no. what is happening? This is insane. I don't. It, it is. We are. All that's happening is we're setting Joyce up. So we're not shocked when she says, if you leave this house, don't <laughs> right. ever come back. Absolutely. It, this, yeah. it, it, we just have to set up that line. And this is where it starts. Absolutely. And a, because and, they live in Mayberry and Joyce has Sunnydale syndrome. She does. And she's that's not going to go away. Um, you know, she's a little bit more understanding in the next episode. And that, you know, because Joyce does come get back and forth. And it because of that back and forth, we have to show the worst of her. We have right. to show these bad moments. Right. And it's like we were talking about, I think, in our last episode about how people arc. And we mm-hmm. and yeah. And so, yes, we are pointing out Joyce's failings. But that's so you can see her arc. Yes. <laughs> and we are. This is the beginning of the question being answered by this season. You take away everything else mm-hmm. what you have. So we're taking away Joyce's mom. Or Joyce's mom. We're taking away Buffy's mom. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of taken away her friend's support. We're doing a practice run. We are indeed. In the next episode, we're going to take away her health. Yes. We're going to practice taking away aspects of herself and let her mentally practice have losing Giles. So when she's finally asked the question, when you have nothing, what do you have? She knows her answer, and yeah. it's me. Yep. Yes, absolutely. So it's just, ooh, I got goosebumps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we have to start ans- asking these questions of our characters, mm-hmm. and we do that through other characters being terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, like we've said, um, this is the gay question. This is yeah. the bisexual question. It this is. is the queer question. It is. It's coded that way. This mm-hmm. is production coding 101. Yeah, it is brilliant yeah. production coding. Absolutely, it is. And that will... You know, and that will, you know, we'll really understand that. Have you tried not being the Slayer? Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's the most blatant of them all. That, that's right there with, I'm the Slayer, ask me how. Exactly. <laughs> and bringing your girlfriend home to bring, meet your mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and having your mom talk about Slayer Pride Parade. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah. Very blatant production code. It is, yeah. But I, I would love to, um, you know, we're even, we are discussing putting up um, submissions by our gentle listeners on the website. Mm. Um, so if anybody would like to write their stories about how their coming out lines up with Buffy. Yes. Um, in any way, shape or form, um, I will, don't even worry about punctuation and shit like that. Cause I'm an editor. So, you know, just go ahead and just pour your heart and soul out. Let me know if I can use your name or not. If not, give me a name you want to use. Yep. Um, I will edit it. I will make it smooth and I will put it up online. Snard will even make up a cool name for you. If you I will. Yeah. Just give me, give me a, <laughs> give me a direction. Yeah. You know, give me, give me male, female or, or neither. Yeah. Um, or both. You know, give me, give me a gender and maybe an animal. Yes. Your or, spirit or animal. An object, yeah. Like, a spirit or an animal. Object, uh, or a Buffy character you're particularly fond of. Just give me something. Just yeah. give me a little bit to work with because I don't want to call you like Zaphod when you hate, uh, you know, say, golden bricks wrapped in lemon. That was <laughs> ultra nerdy. Um, <laughs> it hurt my head a little bit. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, try and, I try and cover it up, but it's just talking about coming out of the closet. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, I would I would absolutely love to get some of the stories about how you're you're coming out lined up with Buffy, or even how Buffy might have helped you deal with coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is one of the things where where people who are not queer will watch what happens to Buffy in this season and next season mm-hmm. and have no idea that this is production code. Yeah, it's just right over the head. They will insist that this has nothing to do with the coming out experience. Mm-hmm. They will insist that Buffy is completely straight too. Yes. <laughs> they will insist that there is nothing between Faith and Buffy, no chemistry, no flirting, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So please, if you connected with this, and where you saw the production coding and you saw what the show was doing and the secret message that this show with its AIDS ribbons yeah. was sending to the gay community. And later on with Lorne. Absolutely. And Larry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being more overt about it. Um, let us know. Yeah. Let us know if this show helped you through this. We, let me we know. Really let let us know, know if you saw this thing. Yes, let us know. And if if you don't want it to be online, we will not make it public. If you are okay with it yeah, being online, yeah, I it, will. I will make it private or public. Like whatever you want, we would just really love to hear from you. That's part of the reason that we are so adamantly out about our queerness. Yes, on here is because we want to make it, it very clear that these are things that we've seen. Yes, through our experience, absolutely. Um, you know, and that we are creating a safe space. Mm-hmm. You know. Absolutely. Finding a different dialogue through Buffy that I think has been there the whole time. Yes, because there is nothing to be ashamed about with being queer. Nothing. No. Nothing. You, period. You you. Nothing. You you nothing. should be just as ashamed of being queer as you are of being a natural brunette. Right. <laughs> exactly. Or left handed or right handed. Yeah. Or having having a mole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, you should you should feel exactly a as much shame about your sexual orientation as you do about your height absolutely or the curvature of your spine <laughs> yes sexual like, orientation gender orientation if you are not ashamed no one can make you feel ashamed yes. do not be ashamed yes not for one second because they will win that way <laughs> exactly and i don't care what your orientation is you know i don't know pansexual yeah. any go yeah. for it yeah whatever yeah if, if you are if you are sexual like, if you are if with a furry i don't care <laughs> yeah, if you are with another consenting adult great yep Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Yeah, that's all we need. And, you know, we would love your stories. Like, I, I, I really do mean this. We want to get enough submissions that we have something up on the website and even enough for um, a newsletter of some kind. Yeah. So, yeah, we're looking for everything right now. I'd love the queer stories because that's what we're talking about. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, send us your fanfic. Send us your slash. We will send make a repository your... for fanfic we and will. slash. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and anything else, submissions about why Buffy's important to you, what you get out of it, who your favorite character is, mm-hmm. how much you disagree with us, um, you know, like anything. Yeah. Give it to us. It can be rough. Uh, just make sure I can read the words and I will edit it for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so Buffy asks how Joyce thought the sex talk went. And Joyce says, I don't know. It was my first. And, and the little judges in my head... Hold up a zero. Yeah, and I facepalm. Yeah. As I did while we were watching this. You did. Aggressively <laughs> yeah. facepalm. I think it was enough to make the cat jump. Yeah. <laughs> My blind cat jumped, she facepalmed so hard. <laughs> so bad, Joyce. Joyce, it's so bad. And Giles is... <sighs> Shit. Okay. Giles okay. arrives... Notice, notice how we stalled so hard there. Mm. Giles arrives at his apartment... There's a lovely red rose at the door, and we all know that's the sort of thing uh, that Angelus does. So none of this is good, even less good. Uh, and I'm sorry, my Italian sucks. Uh, oh, suave, 
Fancula, or Suave Fancula, perhaps, uh, from La Boheme, is playing inside. If you know the opera, uh, this is the song in which Rodolfo and Mimi realize they've fallen in love. By the end of the opera, Rodolfo will be screaming Mimi's name after she dies of consumption in her bed. <clears throat> I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, but there are two lines that jumped out at me. Uh, with moonlight bathing your pretty face, the dream that I see in you is the dream I'll always dream. Ugh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Giles goes inside. He calls out the Jenny, but doesn't get a response. He finds wine chilling, two glasses, and a note reading upstairs. Which is obviously forged. Oh, well, well this is... Angelus is an artist. Of course yeah, he can forge her signature. Yeah, it's very carefully forged He can absolutely cursive. forge, yeah. He can yeah, absolutely like, forge her, her again, handwriting. the prop department. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, like it, this, yeah. It's, it's feminine handwriting. This is, We've seen Angelus's handwriting. Right. This isn't it. No. Yeah. He grabs the wine and follows lit candles and roses up the stairs, clearly delighted to finally be with Jenny. He finds her on the bed, and he knows immediately... And goodness, this performance by Anthony Stewart Head gets me every time. You can see the breath stop in his throat as soon as he realizes that she's dead. And then he starts to panic. We see him next, standing by his open door in shock with police lights painting the walls behind him. The coroner's office wheels Jenny's body out and a cop tells Giles he needs to come with them. But he says that it's just to answer a few questions. Giles breathes out, of course. Yes. Procedure. He's fighting the shock and Ripper, and the need to vomit, and says that he needs to make a phone call. Angelus gives us a voiceover of this next scene. Um, giving us the distance we need. Yes. <laughs> we have to exit the, the first person. Absolutely. Um, so I'll do, I'll, uh, I'll do the whole scene, and then I'll read what Angelus says. Uh, Angelus is, is uh, watching through the windows of the summer's home. The phone rings, and Buffy answers it. We can see her, hear her say, Giles, hey! Buffy wordlessly hands the phone to Willow and leans up against the wall. She can't hold herself up, though, and slides to the floor. Willow starts to sob, and as Angelus watches, delightedly drinking their pain, Joyce comforts Willow while Buffy curls into herself, putting her head on her knees, one girl in all the world. Angelus grins and leaves, and his voiceover is, Passion is the source of our finest moments, the joy of love, the clarity of hatred, and the ecstasy of grief. And he looks like he gave them a present. Oh, like he, he loves He it. looks like he's happy. With, yes, that they opened like, their and, present. Yeah, like just like any sane person would be when someone opens like a puppy. Selfish, banal In, obsession. Yeah. Yes. It is, yeah. It is so good. And <laughs> mm -hmm. should we talk about the staging? Yeah, absolutely. What it represents? All right. Because so, God knows we need a minute. We do. Um, so the way this is staged, I think this is the kindest way Angelus could have done this. In Giles's place? In Giles's place. It could have been like Uncle Enos. Yeah. It could have been, he could have drunk from her, he could have dismembered her, he could have propped her up. Mm -hmm. She's not posed like she's sleeping. She's right. dumped. Um, like, it's cruel. It is absolutely cruel, it is absolutely but it is cruel. not as cruel as it could have been. Yeah, we've seen cruel. He, he doesn't open the door and have a vamped Jenny try to kill him yeah he doesn't have to worry about where she is for a day while she vamps and comes mm -hmm. after him yeah he doesn't have her not be there he doesn't have her heart right sitting anywhere he doesn't have sketches of her dismembered um it's it is the it's almost like angel tried to make something beautiful for yes. giles in a 
in the way that your cat brings you something dead as a present. Yeah, yeah. It's like Drusilla would have been if this was been set up for Drusilla, that would have been like a proposal, right? Drew you would know? be so proud. Yeah, yeah. Like she would have. So it's like he knows what's oh, going to. Oh, I do wonder to if Giles. he posed Drew's family. He did pose Drew's family, he did. didn't he? But with blood. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So this is it's it's his way of saying that he respects Giles. Yeah. And it's almost like a holdover, like his. His idea of affection is twisted and mutilated. And so this is like a way of showing Giles that he's still his friend. Just like he's showing respect to Jenny by not eating her. Yeah. It's... I brought you your girlfriend. Yeah, it's wrong. And it's fucked up. And it's meant to cause pain, but in a cleaner way than he he, could have caused pain. Yes, he, he misgages. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) he um well he knew it would hurt giles he knew it wasn't a nice thing that he did it wasn't nice he knew what he was doing but it's kind of like like spike calls it party favors in the next scene Mm -hmm. um and it's he he did think that giles was just a librarian he did he didn't know that Should should i go ahead and reveal yes giles is aries giles is the god of war Mm -hmm. um this becomes important in this episode i would have held out on it but one of the symbols of Ares is the flaming torch, right. which is one of the most iconic moments for Giles. River. Absolutely. And so Giles is, this is what's so brilliant. The council, the Watcher's Council, is Mount Olympus. They even have a party later mm-hmm. without him. Yes, Ares do. wasn't liked by the council. He's kind of an odd child. He's He's vengeful and he's wrathful and he sleeps with a whole bunch of people that they don't like. You know, he gets it on with chaos. Um, Ethan. Ethan, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, Discord, I guess I should say Discord. <laughs> right. um, so he's just never liked. He's not an enjoyed character amongst his clan. He does find a following. He has worshippers, um, just like the Scoobies. Mm-hmm. But he's not accepted. And he is wrathful. And he is vengeful. And he had an affair with Aphrodite. And Jenny. was punished for that. <laughs> yes. And, and, uh. I'll go more into that, to the details of that. But what I don't think Angelus realized is that he's pissing off the God of War. He did not. No. He seems quite surprised at what happens later. He does. He's <laughs> taken quite off guard. Yes. Uh, I think they all are. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, I no, so. Spike is not. Spike's just delighted. <laughs> Sp- because Spike is also surprised, well, but delighted. But Spike has crossed <laughs> Giles before. Yes, he has. Yes. So Spike is aware of what's underneath the surface with Giles. Well, and we'll find out later. Spike can size people up very well, yes. which Angelus cannot. Well, that's his sensitive poet heart. Absolutely it is. He's kind Absolutely. of, a, he's got that little willow bit there. And it's, and well, he doesn't have a soul. It's twisted. And so he yeah. uses that to his advantage. He does. But when he becomes ensouled, it turns him into right. very, actually before he becomes ensouled. When he, well, after the chip. Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes with after, mm-hmm. it depends on what mood Spike is in, but he can use his powers for good or evil, like all yeah. of us can, and uh, and he is able to kind of look you up and down and get a really good sense of who you are and what your weaknesses and strengths are. Mm-hmm. He has done that since the very first second he stepped in Sunnydale. Yeah, um, he has, and he knows that Giles is not to be fucked with, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he knows that Buffy is not to be fucked with. And the way to really <laughs> piss off Buffy is to go through is to hurt. One of her parents. Yes. Like Joyce or Giles. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's... Anyway, that's that's what Angelus did wrong. Mm-hmm. Is it, If he had actually turned up the terror more, mm-hmm. he might have not had this happen. He might have not pissed them off this much. 
he because they would have been too shattered. But I think he does just enough. <laughs> I think he just checks that box just enough. That's so stupid. That he awakens the god of war. It's so stupid. Yeah. And uh It's I think it's the I think it was the mockery of the date. Yes. That got Giles because, pissed and off. I don't and maybe he didn't realize that they hadn't actually had a date like that yet. But he lurks. He does lurk. So maybe he did. Um but yeah, that that's he just was, I mean, And Drew sees a lot and who mm-hmm. knows? That's true. She might have known, but it's yeah. uh it's a uh, This is an interesting one, but yeah, I I do think the staging, I mean, upon reflection, watching this over and over and over, I've thought, "Oh my god, that's the worst thing ever." But upon reflection, upon thinking about what Angelus is capable of, upon thinking about what he did to the Calderash clan to make them mm-hmm. hate him and seek vengeance to the detriment of their own people for generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is pretty mild. Well, I mean, because why? Yeah, because he could have, um, as he did very recently, cut Jenny from stem to stern and written, yeah. was it good for you above the bed? Yeah. Like he, he did could've. with her uncle Enos. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think this was a sign of respect in his twisted way. It's still, still a vicious assault. Still horrible. Mm-hmm. Still a murder. Yes. But oddly clean. Yeah. Oddly clean. I think this is the the most respect he could have possibly given these two people. Yes. As as fellow warriors and gods. Yes. Um, which Angel also is. Yes. We'll get into that <clears throat> much later. Absolutely. Um, he's, he's several things. Yeah, he's several things. A lot of our characters <laughs> occupy multiple spaces. Mm-hmm. They, they tag in. Yeah. They tag out. They do. different gods. But yeah, I'm just going to leave that there mm-hmm. uh, and, and be aware that after this, you are watching Giles for just a moment become the god of war. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cordy and Xander pull up in Cordy's uh, newly de-invited car. Uh, Cordelia gives us some comic relief, thank God, with about 10 pounds of garlic and maybe 50 crosses. Uh, <laughs> All hanging from the rear like, Every time they go through, they go over bump, that's going to like smash the well, She's got the garlic on her dashboard and hanging throughout the car. <laughs> I love Cordy so much. Oh, man. She's so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy asks where Giles is, but Xander tells uh, her that he had already left the police station by the time they got there. Buffy asks Cordy if she'll drive them to Giles' place, and Cordy, as she always will in situations like this, just says, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, Willow asks Buffy if Giles would want to be left alone, but Buffy knows Giles very well. She says she's not worried about what Giles wants at this particular time. She knows what he's going to do. At Giles's, his weapon's chest is open, uh, and this is a wonderful one shot. Oh, that or, yeah, yeah, that one take shot, one take. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it it portrays the emotion yeah. of this, where you're just seeing the the corners of Giles moving around. Until... We can see his rage. Yeah, you can. You see the way that everything's and like... it's and it's not crazy. It's calculated, and mm-hmm. it's smooth, and. It's rage. It is, yeah. <laughs> and he is moving efficiently yes. through his space. Absolutely. Uh, we hear a sword being unsheathed. He loads up a huge gym bag packing gasoline as well and carries it out. We see that Angelus took the time to do a portrait of Jenny as well. And quite a lovely portrait. It is. It's great. Angelus is a good artist. He is. Yeah. He is. <laughs> Xander opens Giles' door and calls out. They all come in, ducking under the police tape. Xander says that it looks like Giles had a big night planned. But Buffy picks up Angelus' picture of Jenny and knows exactly what happened. She calls it the wrapping of the, uh, for the gift. And the full force of what happened hits Xander. All he can say is, oh man, poor Giles. And just voicing Buffy's heart. Mm-hmm. Right there. 
Uh, Willow finds the weapons chest empty. Cordy thought all of his weapons were uh, kept at the library, but Xander tells her that the really good ones were kept at Giles' house. Which is also a nice little giggle line. Mm-hmm. At least for me. These are the ones he keeps for when company comes for when over. Company comes yeah, like company <laughs> plates. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, it's just true. Little and yet, tiny breaths of comic relief. Just, just little tiny, tiny, tiny ones. Just give us a minute. Cause, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy says that Giles will be wherever Angelus is. Willow suggests the factory, and Cordy seems a little surprised that Giles would go after him like that. Xander, totally correct in theory, but not so much in practice, uh, says that it's about time somebody killed Angelus. Willow has some objections to that, and Xander becomes hipster Xander, declaring, <laughs> <laughs> declaring that he hated Angel way before it was cool. He pats himself on the back for not... I don't know, dancing around all neener neener or whatever. Uh, he tells Buffy that he fully supports Giles killing the fiend that who killed his girlfriend. Buffy agrees that he's right, since he is her heart, yes. but points out the rather, rather large glaring hole in his plan, you know, how it's totally going to kill him, Xander. Yes. That boy, I swear. Because revenge <laughs> isn't tolerated in Sunnydale. It's a very good point. And we'll see more of that later, mm-hmm. but... If you go, if you go in with war on your mind, you're gonna be okay. Not yeah, and and because but not even Buffy is allowed to do revenge. No, no one gets <laughs> to do revenge, and when you try to do revenge, it always turns on you. Yeah, every single time. I mean, the the vengeance demons that come to town have their vengeance turned on them. <laughs> Both of them that we they see, sure do, straight up, and they're have professionals who have them. never run into that problem before. Yeah, they brought like, down Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Anyanka has been doing this for over a thousand years. They brought down the czars and didn't yes. have a problem. But Sunnydale, because this is Greek rules, mm-hmm. and vengeance isn't part of it. Right. Even when it's very justified. Yes. I'm looking at you, Willow. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yep. Even that does not come clean. Uh-huh. You don't get to wash that off. And yep. if... Yeah, at we're at, well, I guess say at best you get to live for a while yes. to get the to reap the benefits that you have sowed. Right. Um, at worst, you are going to die immediately. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, poor Jenny never participated in vengeance, but her family did. Yes. And she suffered and for that's it. That's the reason she died. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just see that it's just the same rules as uh, as in Supernatural. Very Vengeance true. doesn't work. Revenge doesn't work. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. At the Factory of Evil, Spike is inquiring whether Angelus is insane. <laughs> and we know, this is what I was talking about earlier, like three hours ago. We know he's right because he's in the center of the screen. <laughs> yeah, Angelus, the framing. Yes. Yeah, Angelus is off to the side and Spike is in the center. Yep, when they, when the camera goes in on Spike, he is confident in the center. Yep. And, and Angelus is just a lit. little off. Yeah, Angelus <laughs> is a little off and he's got some weird shit going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Angelus is wrong and Spike is right and we just instinctively know that by the way they're telling us the story. Yep. It's a wonderful subconscious little touch. It really is. And he's in this, I think he's in the center even when it's doing the long shot. Isn't it? Drew is. Is Drew in the center? Yeah, okay. Because she's between the two boys. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Spike really, really can't figure out why Angelus's plans never seem to involve killing Buffy. <laughs> Passion. <laughs> yes. Selfish banal obsession. Yes. Drew and the puppy point out how the bad teacher was going to give Angel's soul back. Spike says he wouldn't have a problem with that because the old... Uh, as Spike describes, Buffy whipped Angelus, didn't come around and make his life miserable all the time and like steal his girlfriend. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, very True much that. so. 
very logically, Spike points out how much Angelus is pissing off the Slayer right now. <laughs> I like the really brassed off Slayer. <laughs> I, know, I love that. And boy, is she. And how that might not be something they want so much. <laughs> Indeed, angry Slayers do tend to be a bit harder to kill from what I've seen. Yeah. Angelus is all cocky pants, <laughs> as is his way, cool because he boy. is really smart, but really fucking stupid. Yeah. And he tells Roller Boy that he has some everything under control, like the Molotov cocktail Giles has just chucked into the factory. Totally <laughs> under control. Just like that. And the brutal use of our comedic timing, our, oh, our, yeah. icon, our ironic cut, Absolutely. or ironic timing. Like, Absolutely. Brutally good use. I got it under control. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> They start to run, but Giles hits Angelus in the shoulder with an arrow. You know he didn't miss, either, the way he's striding up. Yeah. Giles tips, dips a baseball bat into the fire, swings it casually around his head, and smashes Angelus across the face with it several times. And this is what made me know who he was. <laughs> yes. I've been studying Greek myth for two months now, <laughs> and that was the moment. I'm like, oh. Oh, there yeah, It's like, why did they call him Ripper? Oh. oh. <laughs> Why do they call him Aries? Oh. Yep. This was the moment. Mm-hmm. And it is epic. Oh, it's epic. It's like <laughs> just swinging it around his head like oh, that. Yeah. So cool. And the look on his face. He's all Ripper. Yeah. He is Ripper. He is, uh, he is he Ripper is from ripper stem than, to stern. Yeah. He is Ripper, Ripper, Ripper. He's more Ripper than we have seen him to date. <laughs> Absolutely. Until Band Candy. Yeah. Where, where we that, will not see more Where Ripper. that is magical Ripper, this is just Ripper Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, I've just stripped my humanity off. Yeah, intentionally. He just casts it off like he casts off his glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Drusilla gets up to help, but Spike stops her since, well, since he's really enjoying the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Giles, or I should probably say Ripper, continues wailing on Angelus, but Angelus eventually does get to him, lifting Giles up by his throat until he loses consciousness. Buffy, though, runs in and declares that it's time for her fun, (laughs) proceeding to kick the crap out of Angelus. Drusilla wheels Spike away because, yes, she's crazy, and yes, she's strong, but that's the Slayer, and she's brassed off, and they're out. (laughs) (laughs) They will see us later. (laughs) Angelus now is just trying to get away from Buffy, and she's hunting him through the factory, and man... She is beating the holy fuck out of him with her bare hands until he points out how close to the fire Giles is getting. Buffy makes her choice. And, and he calls her his old man. Yes. Or calls him her old man. Yes. Meaning her dad. Yep. So he knows at least what's up. Probably mm-hmm. Spike told him. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Oh, Buffy makes her choice and Angelus escapes as she tends to Giles. She gets him outside and Giles is still all Ripper, pushing her away. His his Giles accent completely gone. He tells her this wasn't her fight. Buffy punches him because she's the Slayer and that's how they handle things. <laughs> uh, we've talked about the Slayer. Hello. This is the Slayer. I love you. Yes. She asks if he was trying to get himself killed and then she breaks as she realizes that's exactly what he was doing. He's sobbing on his knees, and she grabs him and holds him, begging, You can't leave me. I can't do this alone. <sighs> show. Damn show. This is only the second season. I know. It gets so much worse. I know. But it's just... I mean, and, and how shocking was this? I mean, that, this, not worse, the, worse. Worse yeah. emotionally worse is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but how <laughs> shocking was this at oh, that time? Yeah. Well, because they declared when... 
Principal Flutie got eaten and mm-hmm. Xander tried to rape Buffy, that this was a serious business kind yeah, of show. we're not in Kansas anymore. But this, to kill Jenny, mm-hmm. to have Giles do this, to have Buffy beg him not to leave her, not to kill himself. Yeah. It's what she's begging. And it just goes from here. But this is like, at the time, you never saw stuff like this on television. Oh, no. Especially not with teenagers. This happened. Yeah. Not with teenagers working with this kind of thing. And yet, at the same time, as a teenager, this hit all the emotional marks that we needed. Mm-hmm. We needed this stuff, just like kids need dark stories. Like we needed the dark, the Black Cauldron. Right. We needed those dark, dark tales of you know, Secret of Nim for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. Have you re- rewatched that as an adult? It's yes, scary I have. As shit. It was very traumatic, actually. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Like there are so many things that we we watched as kids that we needed so bad, and I feel like this just filled this hole. That we needed sort of to teenage be to, angst kind yeah, of a thing, yeah, and we needed to be able to feel these epic feelings in a context that made sense, right? And and, and it's and it's sort of a safe place to feel them. It is, yeah. I mean, there, you know, there's a lot about trigger warnings and stuff, and there is something, there's something about what intentionally triggering yourself mm-hmm. uh, using something like this, this context, this media, um, that is extremely cathartic. Yes. Uh, yeah, anybody who's read The Fault in Our Stars, you know who you are. <laughs> so it, it is valuable to have this stuff. I mean, we don't mm-hmm. want everything to be all, you know, shiny unicorns and puppies. Yeah. <laughs> because, Otherwise, it would be the Harmony Show. Well, because life is not shiny unicorns and puppies. No, no, it's not. <laughs> so if you want a place where you can explore these darker things, this is a great show for that. Mm-hmm. It really is. And it just, it's it's unrelenting, but it is relenting. It's it like the emotional hits keep coming until you reach a conclusion of answering the question being asked. Yes. And yet we still have these moments of levity. Yes. We have still have these characters that we can trust. Moments of grace, moments of beauty. Yeah, we do. And we have characters who make the wrong decision and mm-hmm. stand up again and go at it again. Yep. Yeah. It's... And it's that's why this episode. I think it's it's not because it's necessarily the best one in all of Buffy. It is the best thing that had happened to television perhaps since MASH. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's there's a couple episodes of MASH that hit me like this one do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like the final one. Yeah, God. Or the one where they're just showing year after year. Oh, Like yeah. it's every Christmas. Yeah. Um, oh, God. That one just tears my heart out. I love MASH. Um, but yeah, this strikes that chord and it is so epic and so amazing and so tight mm-hmm. for such a new show. And all these actors that hadn't done that much. Right. You know, like David Boreanaz. Right. Like he, he'd barely done anything. Yeah. And we're all hitting these emotional marks that scar us for life in the best of ways. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's that's why this is my favorite episode of Buffy. Hands down, it, it will never be replaced. It is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's in my top... 10 episodes of television ever. Yeah. And I watch a lot of television. <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favorite mediums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, television is fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, as Giles approaches his apartment, um, tears away the police tape and goes inside. We hear Angelus' voiceover. It hurts sometimes more than we can bear. If we could live without passion, maybe we'd know some kind of peace, but we would be hollow, empty rooms, shuttered and dank. Without passion, we'd be truly dead. In the cemetery, in a rather lovely part of the cemetery, actually, by mm-hmm. a pond, um, Giles sets flowers in front of Jenny's headstone. As it was in Lie to Me with Ford, it's just the two of them, and Buffy has come this time to comfort Giles. 
Giles tells Buffy that he's buried too many people during his time as Watcher, but Jenny is the first one he loved. Buffy apologizes for not being able to kill Angelus for Giles and for Jenny when she had the chance. And now we switch over to Buffy's voiceover because it's her fucking show. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here, Angelus. (laughs) I'm going to take this voiceover. (laughs) Buffy says, I wasn't ready, but I think I finally am. Willow comes into Jenny's class and tells the students that Snyder asked her to take over until they get a new computer science teacher. And there's the payoff. Yep. And she'll be using Jenny's lesson plans. Yep. Buffy's narration continues. I can't hold on to the past anymore. Angel has gone. Nothing's ever going to bring him back. Willow sets her books down on Jenny's desk and the floppy disk with Jenny's backup copy of the soul restoration spell falls between her desk and a filing cabinet. And that's the episode. Would you like to read the entire uh, voiceover? Yeah, let me drink some, some whiskey. <laughs> As you should. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just drank some whiskey. Hang on. <laughs> um, passion. It lies in all of us. Sleeping, waiting, and though unwanted, unbidding, it will stir, open its jaws, and howl. It speaks to us, guides us. Passion rules us all, and we obey. What other choice do we have? Passion is the source of our finest moments, the joy of love, the clarity of hatred, and the ecstasy of grief. It hurts sometimes more than we can bear. If we could live without passion, maybe we'd know some kind of peace. But we would be hollow, empty rooms, shuttered and dank. Without passion, we'd be truly dead. And that's something, isn't it? (laughs) It's epically pretty. The whole thing, especially? Yeah. I think Spike wrote that for him. Yeah. Ghostwriter. <laughs> Effulgent. <laughs> what rhymes with lungs? Pa- passion Effulgent. Yes. It was what it would be called. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's, uh, I think we wrung all we could out of that guy. I think so too. Oh, I'm sure there's more juice in there, but I don't want to go for it. But yeah. Well. Yeah. There is when we get into, into uh, the angel um yes. bit of it the buffy and angel but we will cross that bridge after this season is over yes because we need to see that come full circle um and to a conclusion before i really feel comfortable discussing their greek allegories mm-hmm. uh yeah yes and indeed anybody else so. <laughs> so um that's about it isn't it <laughs> it is yeah so uh this is after all the dietary club podcast where all members are exceptional Effulgent. Scotch. <laughs> so much scotch. So much scotch. Is needed. We have more scotch. 